You're right. You got three billboards out there. Nobody's put nothing up out there since 1986. That was Huggies. How much to rent all three of them out for the year? A year? You want to pay for three billboards on the road and no one goes down unless they got lost or they're retards for a year? Quick, ain't you, Welby? Well, since what I say goes these days down at the Ebbing Advertising Desk, I'm going to strike you a real good deal on those billboards. What's all on what you can and cannot say on a billboard? I assume you can't say nothing defamatory and you can't say fuck, piss, or cunt. That right? Uh, or anus? No. I think I'll be all right then. Welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says in the tin, it's best film ever. My name's Ian. I'm Liam. And I'm Georgia. And that's the group this week. No, yeah. Ethan. So, so it's three podcasters talking about three billboards outside <laughs> having Missouri. Three, three, three is the magic number. Three is a magic number. <laughs> We'd plan any of this. I'm just, we just <laughs> Liam literally walked in. He sat down. Georgia stopped eating crisps. Yep. And I am still eating tomatoes, though, so. Yes. That is happening. They're not nearly as as, as podcast unfriendly. No, no, no. no, no. He's an ASMR for people. <laughs> so there we go. Um, so um, let's just get, crack a lock on, I guess. Um, Ethan should be back next week. Uh, just life gets in the way sometimes, as we like to say around the pod here. Um, last week we did Inglorious Bastards. Um, check Jeez. that out uh, with Julene, BFF of the BFE. It's always yeah. great when one of our BFFs of the BFE join Ooh. us. Hell yeah. Um, busy week this week. On Thursday, I'm going to release our fantasy draft. <laughs> the footage of that. With me going. So you hear Liam saying, where are all the players gone? And we're all going, Liam, I can't see your screen. I don't know, but we practiced this. I thought the practice went really well. So NFL kickoff is Thursday. So I thought, what better day to release the footage good, yeah. of it? And then Friday, uh, Georgia and I re- uh, re- recorded a cleared for takeoff on the first episode of Headless. We did, yeah. Headless starring um, friend of the podcast, Sean Prasad. Hey. Yeah, nice. so we have that. Um, I believe we are going to go ahead, and at the conclusion, we're going to be joined by some people. Yes, in the from 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 the headless community, we don't have for sure necessarily who it is. Cool, but we we will be joined. So we're going to do a little end of series retrospective with them. Yeah, and I think we're going to be joined. We're going to have to do a midway point thing because I think we're going to be joined by the composer yeah. of the music. For the wow. headless series, and also uh, the guilt, the case Gilded of the Gilded Lily. Lily, and Edgar Allan Poe's murder mystery party, murder mystery dinner party, murder mystery dinner party. So there is a longer title, but yeah. I won't give it right so, now. So, so <laughs> yeah, so he's gonna he's gonna join us as well. Um, nice. So, oh, what was that gentleman's name? Dylan. Dylan Glathorn. Oh, I would have got it right. Yeah, Dylan Glathorn is going to join us for that. So that's that's all fantastic. So uh, if you're out there and you haven't. Um, I would say if you're out there and you're a fan of the BFE content, we, we, we've got a fair little bit of headless content coming up over the the autumn weeks. Yep. So it's it's in it to go ahead and check it out. It's a free series. It's on YouTube. 18 minutes for episode one. Yep. Uh, it's got a, you can tell Sean and, and Sinead wrote it. Yeah, you can. It's got a very Sean and Sinead feel to it. In the best it. way possible. In the best way possible. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and the production values are outstanding. You want to hear our full information, though, we review episode one on Friday. Woo. So, yeah. 
Look forward to listening to it myself. Yeah, it'll be good. Yeah. Watch it first, then listen. Oh, good There point. you go. Good point. All right. And for people who, who love to listen, let's give some shout outs to our friends of the podcast, our well, our friends of the bias, our, our Patreon backers, <laughs> who keep the lights on here at the studio yeah, of awesomeness. You. We're talking about Reverend Bruce, Woo. Julie, Woo. Hermes, Woo. Lena Oberholzer, Woo. Katie McRae, Anthony Ian Davies, Woo. Chris Peterson, Woo. Randall Silva, Woo. Dwayne Smith, Woo. the Yeet Meister, Nate the Great, Woo. Andy Dixon, Woo. Holly Callen, Cheesy with Woo. a fish, fish on, on a bike. bike. Yes. <laughs> He's a fish on a what? He's a fish, fish on, on a bike. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> All right, let's do some reflections and corrections. Because last week we did Inglorious Bastards. Uh, and the question was raised how'd this do at the German box office, you asked me? Yes. I, I, I did the research. Oh, nice. I did. Oh, fantastic. I, I heard it. I was listening back to it in the car and I went, I need to check up on that. Inglorious Bastards was the 12th highest grossing film of 2009 in Germany with a box office of 23.6 million. Wow. Now, what, what is that relative to how it did in other places? Yeah, well, so, being 12th in the year, it's not bad. 12th in the year. Well, what was it somewhere else? So yeah, in the United yeah. States and Canada, it was only the 25th highest grossing wow. film. So it did better in the German box office than it did in the big one. And if you think, what about here in the UK? It was the 24th highest grossing film in the UK. Huh. So you know where it did really well? Germany, France, like the places that were actually That's featured. Funny. So yeah, yeah, really quite amazing. Yeah. Um, a little shout out here from Nate who said, what an absolutely stellar episode. Oh, oh Always love it when Julene comes on. I can't wait till you eventually cover Reservoir Dogs. Best heist movie ever. Mm-hmm. Three billboards might be the best pick Liam has ever made. Can't wait. <laughs> Me and Nate aren't friends yet, though. <laughs> oh, have you guys not made up from last week? Well, he's not listened to the episode yet, so I don't think he knows we're not friends yet because obviously the episode hasn't dropped <laughs> and he wasn't on live on the draft. What episode was it? Was it, was it the draft? The draft. Yeah, oh, was it really the draft? Murray. Oh, that's right. Yeah. If you want to hear the start of Georgia and Nate's beef, download the fantasy football episode. So he might hear this and then go, "What have I done?" Yeah, he that's what well, you've now, done. Now Fuck the yeah. Murray. Yeah, there we are. Uh, <laughs> uh, we've got someone who knows a lot about beef with Georgia over the past years. We've got a message here from Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. <laughs> he says, "Very much enjoyed this episode. You're picking some absolute stonkers." Julie, uh, absolute stonkers, Julie. It gave me a great excuse to watch it again. Are you picking Death Proof next? Um, at which point, then Reverend Bruce jumped in and said, "What is a stonker?" <laughs> and there was a whole back and forth about the use of the word stonker. So he said he might use it in a sermon coming up. And I want to hear cool. if you do. How does that go over, Reverend Bruce? Yeah, um, stonking. We got permission from Dwayne Smith for the Dwayne Smith T-shirt. Hey, that's hey. cool. Hermes is going to do the design for it. Hey. So I'm like, absolutely. That's Great. Very so cool. we have a little bit of homework. We'll talk off mic about what we have to do for that. Okay, Uh Carlo, uh, let me know something. So let's push this. There's a mistake. I think I made. And this one's on me. Oh. oh. I erroneously said. Oh, good word. I know, right? It is nice. I erroneously said that uh, in Dust Till the, from Dust Till Dawn, mm-hmm. that Quentin Tarantino was just an actor. He was, in fact, the screenwriter of the film. Oh, he didn't okay. direct it, but he was the screenwriter. It had that feel about him, that collaboration with Rodriguez. Yeah. It had that feel. So that's true. I mean, when does Quentin Tarantino ever show up on something that he's just an actor for? Yeah, it doesn't yeah, happen. It like, does. he's usually involved in some other capacity. So fair enough. So thank you for giving that to my attention, Carlo. Yeah, thank you. And uh, Kirsty, oh, I should have hit the, the sound effect, but I hadn't had it queued up here, so I can do it now. Hey, it's your sister. 
Fuck. And that's my sister Kirsty saying, <laughs> I Ian's that. correct. I simply chose from Dust Till Dawn because I thought George Clooney was dreamy. Brackets, <laughs> I was an overweight, unpopular teenage redhead. Can't really blame me. Oh. Uh, only Tarantino film I've ever seen is from Dust Till Dawn. Not a fan of Tarantino. Which one said it's not really one of his films? No. <laughs> He's just a screenwriter. I'm going to be pedantic. <laughs> just a screenwriter. We don't, we don't count true romance, so we don't count from Dust Till Dawn. <laughs> but there we go. Um, best month ever, too. Best month boo- boogaloo is over and over. done. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting some metrics from, yeah. from, from Josh to hear how one. I know mine was the longest. Yeah. That's the one I know it's for a fact. It's a surprise to anyone. You know, it flies by when you listen to me, I've discovered. It's just... Uh, heck, we, we, we put out... Oh, say what? We put out... Say what you will. We got some decent numbers, and we put out a three-hour-plus podcast a lot of weeks. So obviously, people must must like the dulcet sounds of my Canadian tones. I'm getting kisses from Pip. You are getting kisses from Pip. It's because you're sleeping. He's like, gotta wake up. You've got a podcast to do. <laughs> he's he's, that's why, that's he's why also he's, wanting all of the he's the produ- That's what Pip is. He's the producer of the podcast. <laughs> he is, yeah. he is he? He's like, on regular podcasts, there'll be a guy doing levels. He doesn't do that part. But he's like, <laughs> if someone's asleep, I must I must correct this. <laughs> now, Pip cut his foot yesterday, so he's oh, feeling a bit sorry for himself. Yeah. Let's do some shout outs, shall we? Let's do him. Yeah. Uh, first shout out to the Recasted Podcast, who always from, ta- always from time to time, that's a bit of an oxymoron there, but they always from time to time give us a little bit of love. <laughs> uh, we've got Carlo, low, 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 who celebrated his birthday coming up very, very shortly. So happy birthday from all of us. I have recorded a message for um, Carlo in order to, we're, we're trying to get George's attention to look at Pip, and she's looking at anybody but. You, Pip, were, doing, you were doing a weird little dance. Pip, keep so putting his face were- in my mic. We want to thank uh, Ed from the Film Effect Podcast for always uh, showing us some love. Uh, of course, Julene, 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 Julene. We're begging of you, please come back on the ball. Yeah. <laughs> please don't cancel your subscription. <laughs> nah, Julene's good peeps. Yeah, absolutely. Um, love having her on. We've got uh, Kev from the podcast that wouldn't die. I'm dying to have that guy on for like a, for like a, a theater skip it or something like that. Just let him come on. And, That'd be good, yeah. Yeah, he's seen, what's the name of that Brad Pitt one? Bullet Train. That's yeah. it. Bullet Train. Have you seen that? I've seen a lot. Well, Pip. Pip, Pip you haven't seen that. <laughs> you have not seen that. This is a funny story. Cinema. I went to the cinema to see this. Shockingly, I fell asleep. No. Yeah, I woke it. up and saw the last 20 minutes. So, I'm like, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> so it went by as fast as a bullet train then, I guess. <laughs> I need to watch it again. Tell you what's not bullet trains, if I may. Like, our local rail service still is screwed up. Yeah, still. You, st- you still can't go between Ely and King's Lynn. Can you not? Not without, like, the same speed that we, we had on. Wow. They say it's at least two more weeks of that. They obviously need to retain the wires then. Because it's, the, it's the tracks now that have gone oh. faulty. So if you go any faster, they'll get too hot. And they'll probably melt. It's probably what, what's yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. My so it's going to be two more weeks minimum. If they've gone once, yeah. I think, I, I think defective rail was the term I heard, yeah. Wow. So there we go. That's good for a train, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> for a train. Um, let's talk train. about uh, Shy, uh, sh- who got a hold of us. Uh, she listened to our episode on The Gentleman, said... Uh, oh, I like that one. Yes, I, she film. said, I saw it in the cinema before COVID and loved it. I started listening to your pod and then realized I wanted to watch it again. So I'm going <laughs> to do that. Listen for the rest of the pod. Thank you for reminding me about this movie and how much I enjoyed it. No uh, for our patron, patron backers, we're going to have three choices very quickly, uh, very soon, up uh, for you to have a vote on. Um, Bruce Willis will be one of them. Mm-hmm. Brad Pitt, I think, should be a second 
one. I think so too. And then I think I've got a third one which won't be actor based. It'll be more like thematic based. Ooh. And we'll get that on there and we'll probably announce in the next couple of weeks what the next real round table is going to be on. Martial art movies. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? Car chase movies. Oh, jeez. Oh, man, I'm in element. <laughs> a martial art car chase movie. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. A romantic comedy? <laughs> Fast and the Furious, <laughs> then what? Um, all right. Uh, what do we got here? Uh, gift of the week. Uh, the sh- uh, thanks to uh, Josh, Hermes, Nate, Cheesy, Andy, Kara, and Ian Davies all for uh, submitting. Uh, I, there was one that came through very early, and I thought it was going to win, and it was Josh, my next favorite movie, who had, uh, as you remember, our word of the week was strangled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Strangled. And it was an episode of Seinfeld where the bubble boy chokes out George Costanza because there's a misprint on his Trivial Pursuit card that says moops when it should say moors. <laughs> and so the bubble boy gets gets violent and chokes out George. But the winner's got to be Anthony and Davies, who did one from WrestleMania, I think it was WrestleMania three of Andre the Giant choking out Bob Euchre. <laughs> and Bob Euchre's selling it like he's going purple and shaking his head back and forth brilliant so that's the win so congratulations to Ensony and Davies like forward to Hermes telling me how it's rigged again it's always rigged when he doesn't win alright uh, just and just one quick announcement we're starting our fantasy football starting Thursday we are Woo. yeah so our first round matchups we'll remind you of next week as well because they'll be half over I've got Reverend Bruce in week one yes I do and I uh, Alex You've got uh, uh, Alex from Mainstream Finance. Yeah, yeah. Georgia's got Stu from the Stu World Fantasy, Order Productions. Ensity yeah. and Davies has got in a non BFE matchup. Ensity, well, non BFE host matchup. Ensity uh-huh. and Davies has Kev from the podcast that wouldn't die. Um, the happiest man in podcasting. Uh, <laughs> he is. Uh, George's former beef takes on George's current beef as Dwayne <laughs> Smith takes on Nate the Great, who I believe is Kyler Murray on his team. <laughs> and then Ethan's got Ed from the Film Effect, who sent me this lovely message apologizing for missing the draft and saying he'll never miss him like that again. And then went, oh, oh, like, you guys just let me auto-draft the team? And I went, yeah. And he went, oh. You guys actually thought we kicked him out. I'm like, no, no, no. No, no. Oh. <laughs> so, like, at 6.59, I got someone ready to wait. And I'm like, just make the switch with 60 seconds. It's like, you might have shown up five minutes in. No, there's no, there's no hard feelings. But if you win, I'm just going to say, yeah, but you auto-draft. <laughs> 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 it doesn't really count, does it? Because the computer drafted your team. So, there we go. Um, we start with Shipwreck. Uh, we're recording the mailbag next week. So, you got one more week. Hashtag ask BFE. We're pretty good for questions, but if you want to get in on that, it's going to be there. Yeah. Uh, why not give us a review, Apple or Spotify? Help us reach that goal of uh, being Rotten Tomatoes certified. I hear five is a magic number. Five is the magic number. Hey, uh, Sam Ethan's not here. Uh, really quickly, Taika Waititi not coming back for Thor 5. Oh. Not surprised. So this is Mike. Can we talk about this for two minutes? Yeah. Thor, take away CD, not coming back for Thor 5. Uh, I'm not surprised. Last I said, one, I, I've, one I've said before. over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, it's like he over Taika Waititi his own film and just lost control. Yeah, and it was did. too self-indulgent. Yeah. And um, if you think about how highly regarded Ragnarok was. Yes. And then this. Yeah. And it was just like Ragnarok was the right mixture. And it's just like just going. That's right. It was balancing just on that cusp, wasn't it? Yep. All the time. It was great. I'm going to say this again. I think I've used this story before on the pod. I was learning to cook. <laughs> is this a spaghetti story? Yeah, it is. <laughs> and so I was making spaghetti. I was looking at a recipe for it for some reason. Uh, spaghetti bolognese for, for, for my British listeners, for, for um, the people elsewhere. Just spaghetti. It's pretty much. We just, we just know that as spaghetti. Spag bowl. Yeah. And so uh, I had my mince and my tomato sauce and all that sort of stuff. And then it said cumin. 
And I've never used cumin in my life. I don't think my family ever used cumin in our lives cooking <laughs> growing up. We, we were very adventurous in our eating. I just don't think cumin with its earthy sort of flavor made its way into it. And so I called for like a teaspoon. So I put a teaspoon in there. And I was very trepidatious as I brought this first forkful of, of, of the spaghetti to my mouth and taste it. And it was like all of a sudden it was this new, this new realm of flavor had been sort of opened to me. Oh, this is brilliant. And so I was sharing it with my partner, Tom. And oh, it's, really, it's really, really good. I know. So the next time I made spaghetti, what do you think I did? I overdone it. I put in like a little must be good, more must be better. And it's I not like all sauce. I'm so excited now as I'm twirling it. I put it in my mouth, and I swear all I could taste was brown cumin flavored mush. There were no other flavors because it's such a powerful thing. Yeah, yeah. And Taika Waititi's presence on a film isn't much different. I think the right amount of Taika, you go. That's really look at how it accents everything else. Yep. But if you do too much, you're like. All I see is Taika Waititi. Yeah, that's all itself. that's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a shame. It's he's it, almost leaving in a bit of disgrace, and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. that really sucks. Because I I liked Ragnarok. I like pizza. I've said but million yeah, times. So that's fine. I love Ragnarok. But it's about it's about knowing where that balance is. Mm-hmm. So I look forward to whoever's doing it for number five. Bring back Kenneth Branagh. Let's do a proper. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Let's do. Let's well, the universe they've created. Let's bring that sort of Shakespearean sensibility to it. I nice. tell you what is a good balance. What's that? Tomatoes and tahini. <laughs> Is that what you did right now? That's really nice. Tomatoes. George, <laughs> just before we went in, she put out one of my cupboards and basically announced she was just helping herself to whatever it was. <laughs> she asked words. for the for the tomatoes, but then she went, by the way, I grabbed some tahini while I was at no, it. No, no, no. Like, my exact words were, I'm eating your tomatoes. Okay. <laughs> They were on the side. And I'm like, yeah, right. Just so you know, folks, it's not the first time this has happened. <laughs> this happens regularly on a weekly basis. <laughs> you just raid your cupboards. Well, yeah, you're yeah, not exactly you immune ask. from it yourself. <laughs> You're more the fridge than the cupboard, but occasionally you'll go... I'm a fridger. You'll go, oh, is it, yeah. I, I, I see you've made some whatever for dinner. Can are you have g- seconds? Are you going to have all that? <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I don't mind being a host. It's good, it's good, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. I do usually ask, if, have you got any snacks? Next week, next week, chicken wings will be back. So there yes. we go. Yeah, chicken wings. If, if there's no football, if there's no wings. But when you got football, wings, wings got to happen. Absolutely. So there we are. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about this. Why are we doing three billboards? It's Liam's bullet in the chamber, isn't mm-hmm. it? Uh, the pitch, uh, th- three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. A mother personally challenges the local authorities to solve her daughter's murder when they fail to catch the culprit. Without giving anything away, Liam, why, why do you want to do this? So, uh, I went to the cinema to see this, and I went really... Did you fall asleep? No. You know when you're at a loose end, and you go, eh, how's it going to the cinema? Yeah. What That's exactly we- why I went and saw this one too, yeah. What should we watch? Uh, that. And we walked in, sat down, my eyes were crying, they were glued, it was everything. It was like roller coaster, roller coaster. I came out, and this film, to this very day, what's this, 2017? Uh, something like that, yeah. So, yeah. Something, I think. Yeah, it is. Wow, that's scary because I got a story about this. That has stuck with me ever since. Wow. And I still think about it. I still um, talk about it. And I say to people, this is the best film I've seen in the last 10 years. Um, We had a three-day snowstorm five years ago, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And it shut down schools, which like, never happens. It never happens that it's schools get shut down. while I was at down. uni, yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And um, so on the third day, like where I cut live was pretty reasonably clear. Mm. And I was like, so I did a little research. School was closed. There's nothing I could do. 
So I can sit around and what? Just not go out because other people were stuck. I didn't. I was like, no, no, I just, I should go do something because I was bored. So I'm like, if I go to uh, one of the local cinemas, I didn't go up to Lynn. I went to Wisbeach instead. And I thought, oh, uh, I'm going to check out um, a film. And so I think I went with three billboards in mind. I think I was, my, my original plan was through a three billboards Black Panther doubleheader. Oh, okay. That was my original plan because I got the day off. I'm just going to spend the day at the cinemas. I've always wanted to do like a day, just stay at the movies. Yeah, yeah, And just watch like four or five films. You should do that. We should, actually, that'd be a great idea. Yeah, we're doing it. Yeah, probably next summer or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we'll line it up and we'll see, if we, can do, we'll see if we can do like five films. That'd be pretty cool, actually. That would be. Um, and so um, I got all sorts of ideas now. Oh, I, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. It boom, will boom, happen. Boom. Uh, but that being said, um, so I went ahead and watched it and was by myself. And I don't know. I knew, I think it was at the time it was getting Oscar buzz. And I think it was something that I was looking at going, Okay, it's got some elements they think I like. I don't. I don't know why I chose to go see it though in the grand scheme of things. But it was definitely one that it was like that's the first one of the two I'm going to watch. So I must have really been into it, and came out and was really looking forward to it. And then Ethan messaged me of all things, and he was um, stuck in Ely because the train was canceled. That's right. So I did. We got him because <laughs> we, we had rehearsal that night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so I went and got him. I think he tried to call in for. Uh, Calling absent for rehearsal that night. I was oh, like, I did yeah. not go get you from Ely for you to no. not come out. No, no, no. So for anybody who thinks this whole Ethan things are like a gimmick just for the podcast, there's <laughs> been a little not. bit of that for many it years. But I'm also the same guy, Hermes, who went and got him. <laughs> so just realize that. Just so you know, this film, there's only two films that's ever stuck with me like this. And that's this and the pianist. I would say Greece. Oh, you mean like you mean like you mean like you carried it with you? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's really because uh, uh, it weighs heavy, and and to think five years on, and that's still yeah weighing heavy on me. It's so weird to hear you say five years because I remember I got done my the first I got watching three billboards. And I sat down in this chair they have upstairs. They have these like nice plush like sofa chairs yeah. upstairs in, in the cinema. And I was messaging. Um, we had these like group team based platforms you could sort of message your your classes on. And so I was telling my A level students, "Look, we've lost three days of stuff t- time to work on our coursework. You need to be doing this, 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 and this before we come back because mm-hmm. I don't know how long we're going to be gone for." We, so I was sort of a little bit ahead of the pan- like the whole like pandemic yeah. get everything online game. I was like, "Here's something that we can an online platform by which we can we can in case of emergency we can still keep." setting work i guess absolutely yeah um yeah so it's weird if you say five like, is that five i remember that i remember sitting down and made and like hyping out this like it's crazy massive man. message it's amazing how quickly time starts to go i honestly um didn't think i was going to use this pick well you said 2023 i know i know so there we go but i'll explain next time i pick my next pick because that'll be my okay. next pick from the other one i i was there's a little bit of confusion. Four billboards outside. <laughs> There's a bit of confusion, but I'll, I'll explain it when, right. when, when we get around to it. Let's do this one, though. Written and directed by Martin McDonough. Mm-hmm. We've done a Martin McDonough film on the pod before. Anybody know what it was? Fargo. Okay. No. Um, Episode three. In Bruges. In Bruges. Ah, wow. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I can see Well-written that. characters. Is he... A, a bit of a thing... We'll, I guess we'll talk about it a little bit more, actually, when we get to the actual character in mind. But he's got, he seems to have a little bit of a... Like, Tarantino's got his foot thing. McDonough's yeah. got something. Does, um, is names... Is this husband to wife of actress? Or no. No. Any, no? no. No relation. No relation. It's not uh, the same surname, is it? As the lady in this. 
No, no. no okay. Oh, okay. McDonough. Oh, okay. Yes. McDormand, is that McDormand, right? yeah. Oh, okay. McDonough okay. has previously done, uh, written and directed In Bruges and Seven Psychopaths. His, oh, okay. his, his filmography is also very selective. That's Farrell as well, isn't it? We're not Will Farrell. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Yeah, it is Seven Psychopaths, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've never seen that one, but it's on my list of things I do want to see. Yeah, so I apparently it's it very good. Oh, okay. Cinematography by Ben Davis, who has done, you ready for this? Yeah. Stardust, <laughs> Kick Ass. Nice. Seven Psychopaths, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers Age of Ultron, Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel, and Eternals. Fun fact. Wow. I've got I've got my all my uni books there. I've got twenty five in total. Lots of them are Oxford classics. There's some Shakespeare in there. There's all sorts yep. of stuff. There's some like turn of the century stuff. There's also DC Stardust. Hmm. Wait, what? The comic. The comic is on oh, my the comic. Videos. Yep. Really? Yep. Wow. That's kinda cool. Yeah. Uh, music by Carter Burwell, who's done uh, the film version of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay. Wayne's World 2. Yeah. Ethan would love this. A goofy movie. <laughs> <laughs> so the same person did this that did a goofy movie. That's hilarious. That's funny. <laughs> Gorsh. <laughs> <laughs> Is goofy a dog? Still no arrests. Gorsh. Uh, Fargo. Yeah. Uh, which this feel, I mean, this had a very Fargo feel to large elements. Oh, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Big Lebowski. Mystery Alaska. You saw Mystery Alaska, Jordan. I've seen Mystery yep. Alaska, yeah. A Knight's Tale. Oh, love yes. a night's tale again. That's very. That's got to make it one day. I was a wild card. I again, think again. That's very music driven. As yeah, well, very music driven. Yep. Yeah. No country for old men I've in Bruges. That. Burn after reading Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> Seven psychopaths, and most recently, the tragedy of Macbeth, oh. which also starred Francis McDermott. Okay. Yep. It was Denzel Washington as Macbeth, Francis McDermott Lady as Macbeth. Lady Macbeth. Oh, I can see that. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm tempted one day to go ahead and that throw sounds, that off. Like, yeah, like, like Liam will be sitting there going, I need subtitles and oh, explanations. That sounds, that sounds good. Because Shakespeare's not your bag. You've it's made that quite bag. clear. But I'm sitting there going, like, it was like a she's 96%. She's very, very good in this. I can see her as a She's very good in everything. Yeah. She's, yeah, she's like um, Daniel Day-Lewis of the female actress. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? She just nails it. It's like she doesn't do a ton of work, but when no. she does, she tends to win an Oscar for it. I'm I'm trying to remember if she won the bestie for Fargo or if we went Jodie Foster. Oh, we really should keep like a spreadsheet we with should, like the winners. There'll be there'll be less ties this year because the Patreon's so big. I, I what I want to also do for the for the besties is we're gonna, I'm going to read out the whatevers, mm-hmm. and if we're still tied, anybody wants to join us on a live call on that oh, night, good, yeah. they nice. can vote in the moment as well. That's cool. So no ties this year. Nope. Someone's got to win. Yeah, just Dicky Bows. Dicky Bows. So if it <laughs> comes, so, so if it comes down that we've done, if we, the four of us do four different votes, and the Patreon couldn't come to a consensus that helps us, yeah, we'll go based on the four votes we have around the table. Patreon people, who gets it? Woo! Exciting. They have all the power. They that's, got the power. That's patreon.com slash BFE. We kept have it. the power. Don't talk through the plug. <laughs> it's <laughs> patreon.com slash BFE. <laughs> We're trying to keep it simple for you. Say as sorted would say, pluggy plug plug. Yes, we don't go by scripts. Um, that's really it. Uh, no real context corner. I'm, I've sort of woven the context into this. There's not a whole huge amount of of information that was made available. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's start with a deep dive. We have Fox Searchlight Pictures and Film Four. <laughs> that got me. Yeah. Hang yep. on, is um, Searchlight still going? Searchlight is still going, but rather than being Fox Searchlight Pictures, it's now just Searchlight Pictures. Oh, okay. Which was sort of the independent arm of Fox, 20th yeah. Century Fox. Yeah. So I believe Little Miss Sunshine was Fox Searchlight. Mm-hmm. I know the Full Monty got released in the States under that. I know Waking Ned Divine got released in the States under that. Oh, okay. Waking Ned Divine, you ever see that? Nope. Oh, it's a great little film. I'll have to give it a little look. I believe it's this old guy in this like Irish village. 
Right. Not once. This old guy in this Irish village dies, but he has a winning lottery ticket in his pocket. I heard about so that. So they have to try and, uh, like, fake out yeah, yeah. that someone else is Ned. It's not like <laughs> it's like Weekend at Bernie's and the no, guy no, like, no, walking no, no, around, no. but they got to try and cover it. someone else is Ned so they can, like, take the money and, like, split. He has no family, so they can split it amongst the... I guess the thing, like, there's no situation that works out where the money just doesn't stay with the government. So, like, what if we took it and, like, spread it amongst the town and made life better for ourselves? Uh, that's oh, it's a great little pick. It's it full of heart. It was like right in that sweet spot when Full Monty came out, and then it was like all these little British independent comedies were sort nice. of made. Four weddings and a funeral, yeah, yeah. all these sorts of things. So it was yeah, like, yeah. ah, were you going to say something? You looked like you were. No, I was just looking at something. I'm still deciding on between a couple for my pick. Yeah, at the end yeah. of this, George will be revealing her pick. Ooh. So there we go. Um, subtitles, cartoon subtitles. <laughs> Cartoon subtitles. You have to have read the comic book to understand the big plot device. <laughs> Sophie's a witch. <laughs> definitely going to be Studio Ghibli, and you will oh, have to watch it in geez. Japanese. <laughs> anyway, for this, there was opera music juxtaposed against decrepit billboards. Three of them. Which makes sense. Uh, then there's the title card, and um, that was all kind of early morning, lots of gray. And then we switched to a sunnier day where an old blue and wood paneled station wagon. I knew a few people who had a car like that. Drives by the billboards and stops and backs up to take all three of them in. And this kind of does take us to a bit of our backstory of the movie. Mm-hmm. While traveling through the southern U.S. around 1968, Martin McDonough, the writer and director, came across a couple of accusatory billboards about an unsolved crime which he described as raging and painful and tragic, alleging the murder of a woman named Kathy Page by her husband, Steve Page, in Vidor, Texas. The billboards highlighted the incompetence of the police work and deeply affected McDonough. He said that the image, quote, stayed in my mind, kept gnawing at me, and presumed they were put up by the victim's mother. The incident, combined with his desire to create strong female characters, inspired him to write the story for three billboards outside Evan, Missouri. McDonough discussed the creative process, saying it took him about 10 years to decide that it must have been a mother who had taken these things out. It all became fiction, based on a couple of actual billboards. Uh, the bright red background on the three billboards is a recurring color throughout the movie in clothing, such as Jerome and Mildred's tops, lighting in the street, the bar, and props like Mildred's swings, Dixon's telephone, Dixon's headphones, and the restaurant tablecloth and picture frames, just to point out a few. Mm-hmm. Tell you what I did, Spock. Before they get the red, the do-over on the billboards, the billboards, because obviously they're heading into ebbing, they get more and more decrepit the closer they are to ebbing. Oh, do they really? Yeah. This is before they before get... Before they get redone over. By redone, you mean before they get... Before, before, before they get... The, done. The, the, get done. Because yeah. they get done and they get redone in this movie. Yeah, no, yeah. before they get done the first time, the, they get more and more decrepit the closer to ebbing they are. Oh, remind me, I have something interesting to say about a certain character. Okay. Um... Which will blow your mind if you don't know it. Okay, the danger is I don't know which character you're talking about. It blew my... I'll tell you at the end. Okay, so I'll just remind, I'll just remind you. you there was a character you wanted to say something about. Yeah, because okay. I went... <laughs> I, I sat with my girlfriend last night watching it, and I went, oh my God, that's him. She okay. went, no, it's not. I went, it is. And we looked it up, it is. Okay. Uh, in advertising, which is a primary function of billboards, color repetitions used to keep a brand or product at the forefront of a consumer's mind. Uh, in a similar way, Mildred's trying to keep her daughter's case at the forefront of people's minds and the police investigation as well. As a result, both the co- characters in the audience are continuously reminded of Mildred's message. The prop department meticulously studied various font options and took a long time to sign number text for the billboards. Wow. In case there's anybody out there who's a big font head, um, the font they eventually chose was Impact. That's I would say that's Impact. Yeah. Are you serious? Would you have known that? Mm. Oh, I should have paused. If you uh. if 
you'd have given me options, I'd have gone, that's impact. I'd oh, have recognised that straight away. If you had paused and Georgia had said that, what an impact that would have made. Genuinely, I recognised it, yeah. Most of the time, the billboards were covered up during the shooting of the movie because people in the area they were shooting found them upsetting. Yeah, I can understand. <laughs> no I mean, shit. Raped while dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah I imagine yeah, it yeah, would be. Yeah. Um, oh, it's for a movie. Oh, it's nice. <laughs> no. What's it about? Yeah. Um, mm. a, a gentleman called David Penix of Arden, North Carolina, bought the billboards and uh, used the wood for a roof in uh, Douglas Lake, Tennessee, although the messages are no longer in the correct order. <laughs> but so still, and how we, cool is that? And we meet Mildred, played by Frances McDermott, who we did, pr- who we had previously in Fargo yep. on the pod. Not literally. Oh, can you imagine Francis McDermott on the pod? Oh. Yep. The character of Mildred was written with, with Francis McDermott in mind. Uh, she initially felt she was older than the character as it was written and suggested it be Mildred, Mildred be Angela's grandmother instead. Now, here's where I have to take a pause and go, mm. do we want to do an edge game? Because Ethan's not here. Uh, it's up to you. I can do one quickly if you want. All right. I know it'll be really just be for, for Liam because I know oh, the yeah, ages because it kept uh, coming up. Don't yeah, worry about it. Don't worry about it. Okay. So I believe if a memory serves, like like Frances McDermott's like in like her like late sixties. Get the. I believe so. Someone want to look that up for for me? We can sort of do a do an in in, in the moment one. But yeah, I think Frances McDermott's hair is like fifty one, fifty two. I think when she because that's why she wanted it to be a uh, she wanted it to be a, a grandparent. Maybe wow. she's 58. No, she's 65 now, so she would have been 60. Wow. 60. So probably 58 when she was being off of the park. She doesn't look like that. She yeah. doesn't look that old. And she went, like, look, like, people my age wouldn't have children who were just in high school if you were from that socioeconomic background. No. They tend to have children younger. Yeah. And McDonough disagreed, said, no, we can't make you the grandmother. It changes the story. It's different between if you're her mother to you're her grandmother. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's a different story. Yeah. So she was sort of wrestling back and forth with it, and it was her husband, Joel Cohen. So you Ah, you knew she was married to a director. I did, It's the guy who did Fargo, not the guy who did this. Oh, okay, yes. And so the tragedy of Macbeth, directed by Joel Cohen. Uh, Yeah, there you go. uh, Nice. Uh, She said, because the time he gave it to me, I was 58. I was concerned that women from the socioeconomic strata did not wait until that late in life to have their first child. So we went back and forth and we debated for a while. And then my husband finally said, just shut up and do it. (laughs) Good lad. She took her inspiration from this role, for this role, from John Wayne. Oh. Cowboy, I'm looking. I wonder she got off that horse and True grit. Yeah. True grit. The Uh, shootest is one of his last I I know. I I haven't seen a single uh, John Wayne film in my life. Have you never? Never. Wow. Nah. My stepdad really liked John Wayne. I think we were just different people. I'm not a big John Wayne fan, but I do like the old westerns. You know, my mate would absolutely annihilate me on that because he's a huge John Wayne. Fan. Oh, would he? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, the bandana she wears is an homage to the Deer Hunter, which I've seen only parts of, and it traumatized me. Mm, yeah, I've was seen the parts. really bad CGI deer also a homage to the Deer Hunter? No, <laughs> is that De Niro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, De Niro yeah, or Pacino, it's one of them. I think it is De Niro. I think De Niro. Uh, there's like a whole like Russian roulette scene with like a gun. Yeah. Oh, it messed me right up. I was yeah, too... I, I've only seen Films bits. from that era, the, the 70s, just messed me up. <laughs> Easy Rider, Deer yeah, Hunter. That's 60s, but yeah. Apocalypse Now. Jeez. Oh, Apocalypse Now. Is, 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 is Easy De Rider really the 60s? Yeah. Okay. I think it's about 68. Huh? It is De Niro. Is it De Niro? Okay, great. Um... 
So it turns out Martin McDonough and Sam Rockwell are both avid fans, so she wears them. Uh, she thinks she's so Mildred, the character, looks at the billboards, thinks about it, makes a decision, and then the score gets really like it goes from being opera to like kind of hillbilly, but like minor key. Mm. Yeah. Minor key hillbilly. Yeah, minor key hillbilly. <laughs> and she goes and sees Red. We meet Red, um, the advertising guy, about three billboards that she wants to rent. I like Red. For how long? For a year. Red's like the nicest guy ever. Mm. Yeah. Uh, she wants to rent them out. And I'll tell you what, for a guy who didn't know that he even had them, to then go in, yeah, five grand a month. Yeah, five grand. But I she was, mentioned yeah. five grand, didn't she? I was confused a couple of times about... Did she state the, the, the price? Yeah, I think so. She should have gone in with like 30 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So I was confused about the price in a couple of times, because a couple of times they said she'd paid up in full. And then obviously there's a couple of plot points where she still has to pay... I think again, so it, it I think, threw me a little bit. I think he's throwing the police because they don't have yeah, the right he, to ask. He for that. is, yeah. but I didn't realize. No, but I didn't know about either. That's a good point. Yeah, I didn't realize. You don't know until after the fact. Yeah. yeah. So I was uh. like, oh, hang on, that he's just said that she's paid like, up in full. Maybe we missed a scene where yeah. she does pay off yeah, in full. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. So um, he susses out by he, I mean Red, that she's Angela Hayes's mother because she wants to know what can I say and what can't I say. <laughs> and I'm hoping I think that's the clip I'm using for the intro. Is oh nice. Is <laughs> that anyway? <laughs> <laughs> um and then there's something something about this beetle there's a beetle on its back and she helps it get back on its feet yeah. yes i think that's, that's got sh- to mean something yeah her caring side still yeah because i think Isn't she comes it? across as really gruff and really her, she don't smile does she she doesn't she's angry at the world so that's just showing that she still has that caring side it makes you think that she's gonna just squash it and she doesn't she helps it exactly. back on its feet yeah, and yeah, it's, a yeah, bit yeah. Of a, it's probably one of the first times where the film makes you go oh i didn't expect that okay because they went to it a few times you're like clearly something's gonna be important with this yeah i think it's just because you see it and then eventually she flips it okay she's a caring person sure maybe it shows us some the smallest act of kindness maybe i don't know yeah Yeah, i think it's more showing the fact that she's um what she's going through she's only hurting the people or trying to get um something said from the people that's not feel like she's they're not helping her yeah that little insect is just an insect, and just so she shows Hasn't her caring. Wrong, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Then we meet Dixon, played by Sam Rockwell. Uh, he's a policeman, he's a police <laughs> officer. <laughs> uh, the character of Dixon was written with Sam Rockwell in mind. I don't really know a lot of Sam Rockwell. Oh, you do. Maybe he's just that guy in a lot of movies for me. Do you remember Green Mile? Yep. Do you remember Billy the Kid, the guy that actually did what coffee was? sent to prison for or to the electric chair oh is that right yeah yeah, yeah. he yeah. got blamed for the whatever yeah but i saw this before that oh did you yeah i, I didn't see the green mile until much later oh. green, green mile i watched for our tom hanks real roundtable wow that's the reason why i watched it what was his name sorry sam, sam rockwell rockwell he's brilliant um guy's a genius rockwell knowing that um mcdermott was made basing her character off of john wayne based his character to be the opposite of her and so took his character in part from Robert um, Mitchum. <laughs> nope no. but from wayne's co-star um lee marvin they yeah, were yeah, co-stars yeah. in the man who shot liberty valance yeah yeah yeah. Lee so marvin. i wish i knew what that meant the only thing i know about lee marvin is he's one of the lyrics in dennis leary's song asshole do you remember the film with clint eastwood um oh what was that called Paint you, your wagon. I was gonna say, do, do you remember it? Yeah. Paint your wagon. Yeah, paint your wagon. It was like a musical. Yeah, it was a musical. I, I know of it. I don't know it. He was the drunk. Oh, was he really? Yeah. I was born under a wandering star. Oh, so that's that song. Okay. Yeah. Marvin. He was also in Iron Man Two. Oh, he's the bad guy in, in Iron Man, Man Two. Yes, yeah. he is. Okay, I so I did know him before this. You're right. Mm-hmm. 
He's just that guy he's who's that guy. Just in everything. You don't realize he's yeah. such a good actor. Um, in addition to gaining weight, Sam Rockwell wore padding to make his character appear chubbier. I didn't think he looked that heavy, to be honest. No, no I didn't. Uh, though it was initially supposed to be a simple task, check this out. Sam Rockwell's accent research was very involved. According to his dialect coach, Elizabeth Himmelstein, Rockwell likes to find authentic people and then record them so he can study their accents. So he watched an episode of Cops, you know, bad boys, what bad boys, yeah. what you gonna do? Do when they come for you. He tweeted the police department from Springfield, Missouri, and requested an interview with the chief of police because he loved his voice. Not long afterward, Himmelstein and Rockwell Skyped with the officer and learned about his life, learned about his job. Um, direct quote, the officer is the one who came with the word clank for, for jail, she said. Sam brought that to Martin, and then Martin put it in the script. But then the officer recorded himself saying each one of Rockwell's lines. Oh, that's good. From there, Sam studied the recordings and then just emulated it. Wow. Isn't that something? That is, That's yeah. really good for the police officer to do. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure yeah. he threw him some, some, I'm some sure cash. I'm sure he did, but like, that's, still, that's still quite a big commitment, yep. if, especially if you're not used to that sort of thing. Probably, probably to the script. I went, I gotta say what? Yeah. <laughs> Sam Rockwell come out and said, you know, would you just talk into... Once, once he explained he was an Iron Man too, I'm sure the guy was all about it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dixon's driving on patrol and happens upon the billboards and he only really clocks it on the third one and he, he sort of sees it and he says uh, Chief Willoughby still no arrests or well, Chief Willoughby yeah. what, are you, what are you doing? How come Chief Willoughby? Yeah, yeah um, And so he said what do you do? He says you want to go you want to go further back so he goes to the second one and this is where you, you find out the, the guy who's putting him up is uh, he's, he's black and you can tell there's a, a bit of a frosty when he goes, oh, I know who you are, and yeah. then he spits. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so Rockwell's like, I could. Oh, well, Dixon goes, uh, I can have you arrested for what? For environment stuff. And he said, you want me to go back check out that first billboard before you start talking about environment stuff? <laughs> and so yeah, and so but we don't at the audience they keep that first one from us. They do again yeah. for another another couple of scenes. Another yeah. bit. So it's great. It's an enigma. It makes you want to see what that means. It makes you want to see that payoff. Yeah, mm-hmm. until then you've only got and still no arrests. How come Chief Willoughby? Yeah. So you don't know why. What's the thing? Yeah. What's happened? And we know that she's got Mildred's got something to do with it, but we don't know any of us yet. Nope. This is where we meet Sheriff Willoughby, played by Woody Harrelson, who shares oh. a birthday with me. Really? He does, not eh? What else has he been in? Because I know the name, but Jeez. I didn't recognize him. Yeah, eventually he'll be in Cheers. Yeah. I've not seen him. You haven't got that Cheers, far yet. Natural Born Killers, that's your kind of movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Hunger Games? Oh, I've yeah. seen the first one. Yeah, he's in that. Is he? He's, he's, he, he's the guy who, like, helps. What's his surname, sorry? Harrelson. Harrelson. H-A-R-R-E-L-S-O-N. He's in a great movie called White Men Can't Jump. White Man Can't Jump, good one there. Yeah. And he's in Now You See Me, Man from Toronto, Venom, Hunger Games. Venom, yeah, he's in Venom. He oh. plays Maximum Carnage, doesn't he? Sure. <laughs> he's the villain in that one, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's in a uh, bunch of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, Great I know actor. the name. Just... Who would have thought, watching Cheers... He'd be the big movie star. He would go on to do what he's done. <laughs> oh, you would think Ted Danson. Yeah. yeah. I like Ted Danson. Yeah. Ted Danson's had a great TV career. Yes. Great TV. NBC should just roll out all the money for him. He's still a very handsome man as well. Yes. Isn't he married to Mary Steinberg? Yep. Steinberg. Steinberg. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, Woody Harrelson would often use his breaks from shooting to sign autographs and take pictures with locals who would come to watch the filming because they were encouraged to come watch the filming. I love him more. During an extended break one day, he played an impromptu guitar performance at the music store next to the police station hey. set. <laughs> And this is where we finally get to see the billboards. Raped while dying and still no arrests. How come, Chief Willoughby? 
yeah. Mildred drops off her son at school, and there's a song in playing that says, I don't think about her anymore. Mm. And I'm like, well, that's clearly not the case. Mm. <laughs> um, the songs really drive this movie. Uh, Whatever mood you're feeling, okay. that has like, a, you know, what was the first film I saw with that? You know when there's like lighthearted music and there's some dramatic going on? Yep. This has got that kind of feel with it too. There's a, like a juxtaposition with music. Look at you. Look at me. Mm, well done there. <laughs> um, now we're going to get you to stop saying janky and we'll be fine. <laughs> um, Willoughby challenges um, Red about... So Willoughby's gone with the police because it's right across the street, thankfully. <laughs> and challenges Red about these uh, billboards and he's able to suss out pretty quickly that uh, Mildred is the renter. Once he finds it, it's a she, it's a she you said. Okay. He's a detective. What happened <laughs> 10 months ago? Yeah. It's the mom or the dad. Who's crazy enough to do this? Probably yeah. the mom. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But the first time we go, man, you are the greatest detective ever. Uh, but you can tell he is the good cop and Dixon's very much the bad cop at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Back at the station, we get anger from Dixon and find out through exposition that Dixon's often drunk. He harasses the black community, and he roughed up a suspect once. Yeah, more than once, I was imagining. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mildred then goes on the news and uh, talks about the case and how nothing's happened, and this is a challenge to the police. This did right make me laugh because I thought it was going to... I had I knew nothing about this film going into watching it. I, was, I won't lie, I was not expecting it to be so literally about three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, but yeah, it just made me laugh. Uh, but like this got me because I was like, I thought them finding out who it was for certain was going to like take like 20 minutes of the film nope there she is on on the news yeah. announcing this i was like oh okay we're going that way cool yeah to be fair if uh if if willoughby had just waited like six hours <laughs> someone would have told him anyway oh heck no um and so we see the reactions from willoughby at home with his family and we see the reactions from dixon at home with his mum. um willoughby then goes to visit mildred and this is i think one of the things that this film does really, really well is it shows us two characters who I think are diametrically opposed in this film. Mm-hmm. But I think that their hearts are both good people. And if you want to go a step further, Willoughby might be the better person. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he goes there and he goes, he goes, can, can we talk? And they sit on the front porch and he goes, and then eventually I'm like on some swings. And he goes. With the billboards in the background. Yeah, that's right. And he goes. The case went cold. We couldn't. The DNA didn't match anybody in the state of Missouri. There were, you know, we we, we interviewed everybody we could think of, and she's like, "Well, then draw blood from everyone." And he's like, "We can't do that. There's civil liberties. You can't just go around drawing blood from everybody." No, he's right. Now, I understand from her grief. Yeah, well, yeah. then do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if this isn't enough, there should be a next step. And he's going, but according to the law, which is what he's designed to do, I can't. This is as far as I can legally go. Do you know what I love about his character? He's never threatening. In any way. No. He's just direct. He's direct. And uh, he's her adversary, but it, it's never from a place of anger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's very calm. Sure. And he's like, I, I wish there was more. Mm. But sometimes it just doesn't go anywhere. I think mostly in life, I think you find that a lot of things do go cold. Yeah, I mean. You know, case-wise. And so, you know, he, he does that. And then he goes, and, and so she's got all this rage and anger, and they should they should take blood from every man when they're born. When they're born, yeah. And then when you find out, just run the run the DNA and then kill them. Yeah. And he goes and he goes, 
I got, I'm sick. I got cancer. And she's like, yeah, no. And you sort of, we, we sort of stay with him. Yeah. Because it's almost like this inhumanity. Like you don't have any sympathy for the fact that I'm dying and I'm aware I'm dying. And she doesn't at that point. No. Which is quite weird later. But I mean, but at this point she's just like, ban off. Yeah, I know. Everyone yeah. knows. And she says, it wouldn't do me much good to wait until you're dead to put him up with it. Uh, true. And so there we go. Uh, Red is playing pool and uh, Dixon comes in. Oh, he's playing pool with James. Dinklage. James Peter Dinklage. Yeah. To which makes me think, does Martin McDonough have a oh, thing about Peter using? Dinklage. Does he have a thing about using little people in his films? Well, yeah. Because in Bruges, yeah. it's a huge part of the plot. Yeah. Is little people. And this one, it didn't have to be. No, he, if you if you cast peter dinklage you probably have to have to just deal with it in some part of the narrative mm-hmm. what would happen um or was he specifically looking for a little pro- i don't know i imagine dinklage just auditioned and he went yeah we can make this work he was supposed to be some other of less than desirable match i think naturally his character is not that likable who james D- yeah dinklage's character oh i think he's great to start with, he's not. He's, he's come across as a bit pushy and a bit, you know, blah blah blah. And I think having Dinklage play him, he gives that sympathy to him. Yep. I think I was quite. Um, I think I was quite good because, again, all these characters, whatever you think of them at the beginning, it's not what you think of them at the end. So Peter Dinklage, of course, Game of Thrones, Tyrion Lannister, mm-hmm. what people most know him for. Great. Uh, probably the next in Georgia, you probably know him as being the one who gives. Um, who makes Stormbreaker? That's uh, literally Thor. just what I was just looking. And he's at. a he's, he's even a though giant. he's a, he's giant, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's that. Um, Dixon harasses Red, suggests he's gay, and throws some homophobic threats his way. He's right in his face, doesn't he? Yeah, and it's a bit hard. Yeah, I mean these aren't these aren't signs of of a good character, but he's not supposed to be a good character. So nope. I'm okay with it not in the way that i'm getting the kick out of his homophobia but in the way that i'm going he's a realistic character and why like, he's supposed to be deeply flawed and he is and what i like about red is he doesn't back off either no red he just he just stands his ground and yep. just like bats him away um and then the thing is dixon's so upset because he goes willoughby's a good man and the thing is dixon's not wrong willoughby is a good man does willoughby the guy dying of cancer deserve these billboards up probably not but it's getting attention, which is what she wants. Right. So the thing is, the situation here where there's no right answer. No, no. And no. we have a bunch of good characters. And in this case, we have a bad character making a good point to a good character <laughs> yeah. who's supporting another good character who might be in the wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, there's I no yeah, real yeah, 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 thing yeah, yeah. here. Because yeah. the compassionate thing is going, he's dying of cancer. You know what he doesn't need? This. Mm. For doing what? His job, and it went cold, and it sucks, but he shouldn't be individually victimized victimized for it um so red you can see it in his face red didn't know he was sick the whole town might know red didn't know Mm -hmm. and he's thrown uh insert mildred at this point perfectly to break up the fight (laughs) and you can tell james has some sort of crush on mildred yeah he's like you look good on the news and he's (laughs) like i mean i mean i mean you spoke well you were all right there um Mildred comes home to her house and goes, I think that midget wants to get in my pants. <laughs> and then we see the priest. And 
the priest kind of goes. This oh, is, is that what she said? I didn't yes. hear it properly. Yes, exactly. and this the, is a good speech. And so that's the that's the humor because she makes this very sexualized I joke. Sexual, almost, yeah, yeah. I knew it was a sexualized yeah. thing, but I didn't. And I then, didn't get what it was. And then you cut to the priest. Yeah. You look and at the, the kid sitting beside him. Her yeah. son. Her son. Sorry. Yeah. He and, laughed. And the priest. Kind of, it's the only scene he's in, he's in the whole movie, but he gives this speech about how the town is behind, is with Chief Willoughby on this one. And then she makes a comparison about uh, gang laws, about gangs, oh, it's clear, it's good. and how there's the Bloods and the Crips. And eventually, what they've done now to try and fight gang warfare is going. Look, if you associate yourself knowingly and willingly with these people, when you're culpable, I don't care if you're at the scene of the crime or you're not at the scene of the crime. Mm-hmm. If you're saying I'm with them, if you're identifying and wearing their colors, when I'm with them, then you're just as with it as they are because your mere presence indicates support. Mm-hmm. And she went, it's kind of like you guys in the church. You got your colors. And so she starts talking about how, you know, the um, well-documented abuse of boys, primarily, by priests in the Catholic Church. Doesn't mean that every priest in the Catholic Church, not far from it, but she's saying, you signed up, you took their colors, you know what they're like. You're yeah, culpable. She, she's pushing the buttons. So she? get out of my house. And so it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great comeback because the priest really can't go anywhere with and it. And do you know the funny thing? I reckon if you'd gone pre her daughter getting killed, yeah, I bet she went to church every Sunday. Well, there was this thing. He does say, since you stopped coming to church. Mm. Yeah. So then we've, I mean, imagine something like that, like what she experienced would shake your faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you believe in a loving God if this yeah. happens? Yeah. And don't you tell me that's God's will. <laughs> that's, you know, that's not what she want to hear, is it? No, I think that's, yeah. You know? Yeah. If anything, you can go, well, if that is, then I'm out. Yeah, and I think that would be a thing where I think, I think a priest would go, no, that's that was man's will. <laughs> yeah, Otherwise, we don't have any responsibility for anything we do. If everything's God's will, then I'm not responsible for anything I do. Yeah, true. Right? So if I punch you in the face, God's will. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> then, then clearly I don't have free will. And some people always go, fate, man. And then if I kick so, you in the So if I punch you in the <laughs> face, how do, you, how do you know that wasn't fate? <laughs> Because that's just an excuse. It's lazy. That's what it is. Yes. Um, what do we got here? We've got, oh, yes. She's, but the priest didn't go, everybody's with you, Angela, but no one is with you on this. And But Sheriff Willoughby goes to, to work the next day, and he reopens the Angela Hayes case. And then Dixon's like, what about the Mildred Hayes case? We do not have a Mildred Hayes case. The sheriff's a good man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Dixon's like, we got two people who complained. He's like, I don't care. I don't give. T- <laughs> um, Chief Willoughby tells Dixon, let's lay off red. And Dixon tells Willoughby that there's a, oh, so they go on out and they're by the billboards. And the chief's like, I'm missing them. But I'm going to look. And he goes, what are you looking for? And he even goes, there's nothing to look for. And, and Willoughby doesn't fight him on that. No. Cause he's right. There is, it's gone cold. Mm-hmm. Tragically. Um, then we go to the dentist. Oh my god! And the dentist, like he's totally going to like cause harm and pain to her. Of course he is. Yeah, because he doesn't give her Novocaine before he goes to drill, and then like, we'll give it a minute, and like eight seconds later, yeah, he's yeah. jumping back in. So she puts the drill through his thumbnail. That was clever. Oh, what was worse, Georgia, the thumbnail or the finger in the bullet wound last week? Well, I watched the finger in the bullet room. I didn't watch the drill. Okay, I so could see it coming. The but... drill or the carving in the forehead? Also, I didn't watch the carving in the forehead. So Okay, so which one, if you had to, which one's worse? 
they're equal. The dr- I guess something about because because we all have thumbnails, don't we? It's that idea of I think it's just that is, oh that's hard. I've smashed yeah. the nails. So oh, I know what oh I've smashed. Like. I've smashed nail myself. Yeah. yeah, split it right down. Oh yeah, it was it was rough. Yeah, mine mine pop. You know where it's supposed to like yep. end. Mine popped out of okay. there, and then they is have this, to take it off. And is this then at least a weapon three thing up. going on here? Because you know, oh, we're, we're, we're <laughs> less than our wounds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they had to sew my finger up and then sew the nail back oh. on. Yeah, I can't top trump that. Yeah. What do we have here? <laughs> that was a good one. Um, uh, Dixon and Mildred, oh jeez, have an argument about the semantics of torturing. I'm going to say the African American population. Yes. Yeah. Um. Where the issue he goes, he goes. The issue that, that that Dixon has is isn't the fact that he's abusing the African American population. It's that I can't say this word anymore, so I have to say people. I'm torturing people of color. Yeah, yeah. Rather than yeah. the racial slur that he's so used to using, he just don't get it. Now, I, I, I'll be honest with you. This part and this character, because there's a lot of humor that does come out of this character, but I could understand how someone could go. Too far. I can't. I. I can't. Because you're making a joke out of this. In yeah, a sense. Yeah, yeah. So I understand someone who could do that. I found the humor in it. Mm-hmm. At this flawed character. I found a lot of humor in this film. Considering There's tons of humor in this film. Considering, yeah. But the problem with humor is, like, it's a really delicate thing, isn't it? It is. Especially yeah. dark humor. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is very dark. Yeah. Humor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Willoughby. Oh, sure. So Willoughby comes into because um, they, they've arrested her at her place of work and brought her in to, for questioning. And she tells Willoughby, look, it's my word against the dentists. Only this time it's not the chick who's losing. <laughs> and I'm she like, because she compares it to rape. Case. Yep, yep, yep. Another case of just he said and she said, and I ain't going to lose this time. And she's 100% right because she says, oh, he slipped. He put it through his own nail. This is a great scene. Uh, the best part though is when she's denying being in court she's, when she, when she, they pick her up she's like did you draw because <laughs> her face is full of all the freaks yeah, no, okay, yeah. still. that was so funny <laughs> again like the tone of this film yeah, is so, so uh, well balanced yes um, he tries to push her buttons oh so Willoughby first says look my my job's not about doing anything else all i have to do is tie you up in court for so long that you run out of money to pay for those billboards and because you, you won't be able to work anymore and you can see there's two people at loggerheads and yep. they're really sort of going for it and then he starts trying to push her buttons he says how's your ex-husband doing mm. is he still with that teenager and she's like yep yep sure are yeah he used to be a cop he goes ah ex-cop ex-wife beater what's the difference and it was well it's he said she said isn't it and i'm like oh yeah, 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 yeah. it's the only time you see him because he's trying to agitate. But yeah. Yeah. But this also sets this scene up, doesn't it? Yep. You know. And so they're, they're, in, a, they're in a chess match. Yeah, of course. Absolutely they are. Um, he can outdo and and even when he says it, she kind of smiles a bit, yeah. going, okay, you got me on that. <laughs> yeah. And then out of nowhere, he just coughs blood. And it lands on her face, and she's wearing it all. And you see shame and embarrassment from him, from him and yeah. you see nothing but caring and understanding and compassion, and oh compassion God, from her. And it breaks because the it breaks, as people, yeah. The, if it wasn't for the situation they find themselves in, these two would be friends. Yeah, because he, he says, "I'm sorry," and she says, "I she, know, I, I, I know, know, baby." I think she says, yeah, oh. you know what I mean." Oh, kills like me. it's caring. Oh, it kills this me. is what that's what the the beetle sets this up a little bit as well. So that doesn't oh, come out of the blue. Yeah, I'm like, really, wow. I literally burst out in tears. And it? nothing but nothing but concern and compassion. On yeah, her yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. And the so, chess match stopped. <laughs> yeah, 
and then she he's being wheeled out on a stretcher and he tells dixon cut her loose let her go mm-hmm. i'm not sure if that really works because she does she she should she assault him i mean let's, <laughs> <laughs> i know we're aligned and we're like let her let, she, she does assault, assault him otherwise innocent member of the public yeah like, he, he can probably it have seems like he's got intention but yeah, he she gets, have his It just seemed like at one point, like he was trying to overpower he her, was, though. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so Dennis isn't the nicest guy in the world. No, 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 but, no, but like he hasn't actually. I mean, he's not following necessarily the dental suit. Well, here's but the like, question: Was she was was that an act of self defense? Yes, she's in a vulnerable position. Think about yes. a dentist chair. You are prone. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I could probably let her off with that. Actually. You had to, yeah, because you have to align with her, not with him. Oh, the film needs us to align with her, yeah, and yeah, we never yeah, see yeah. him again. So he has to be. He's a joke. He has to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they make sure they call him fat. They make sure that they, uh, you know, nobody like, oh, you went to the dentist. It isn't really, uh, yeah, he's just kind of a punchline, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and then uh, back home, Mildred goes into Angela's room, and we prompt a flashback. Ooh, yeah. And it's really, really funny, and then it gets really, really dark. Mm. And not dark funny, but just dark. Yeah. And it's the kind of things that... <sighs> I'm not going to say family say to families because I don't think it's that normalized to this degree. But I think we can all relate to shouting something in an argument with people in your family that you later regret. Yes. Now, this is the extreme of that. And I think we forgive, or maybe we don't, but I'll speak for myself. I think I forgive Mildred because of the order in which the statements are made. So first, there's a bit where um they're having a, a family sort of like fight slash discussion uh, the daughter wants to angela wants to borrow the car she's told no but mom will give her money for taxi fare and so well why did you let me think that i could have it then if you want to give it to me because it's funny and you get the idea that mom's got a bit of a sense of humor about her when she's not you know grieving um but then um they ask the brother what's going on he's like angela i always have your side except for when you're being uh, and he uses a c word <laughs> on her and uh and that seemed to be you know moderately funny um no, the, the next it was the funny oh because he goes, I, I won't have i won't have, have c words in my house and he goes <laughs> you both leave it or something <laughs> like that yeah. out, then? so really funny at this and they kind of just smile and go because it's clever it's a yeah. bit of clever wordplay but then the daughter goes fine i'll walk i hope i get raped at which point then the mom goes good i hope you get raped too now because we know what's happened ahead mm. of time because the structure of this like this isn't funny this is nope. you going oh you didn't say this yeah, and that's the last thing she said to her yeah on the way out the door yeah. and um and I think we forgive her because the daughter says it first. I think if it's reversed, I don't think we can forgive her. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she, the daughter put out a challenge. She's just rising to it. Yeah, yeah. She's not backing down from what we assume is hyperbole. A bit like, Just exaggeration. I'm going to throw this giant statement out there. Not on the same basis, but a bit like when she's with Willoughby. They're just trying to outdo each other all the time. But way more emotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a thing you you, you you can't back down. No. Yeah, so and I will but say this. You go, whoa. One of the posters on the wall. And I don't mean this to be insensitive, I just mean it was a piece of evidence I came across and I went, I assume that's not by accident. One of the posters on the wall is for Nirvana's Nirvana. in utero album. Yeah. One of the singles on that album. Yeah. Rape me. Rape me, yeah. Yeah. So I don't think that's accidental. I thought that too. For what it's worth. Yeah. Um, the ex then comes to visit and his name is Charlie 
Um, there's, there's Rice Krispies and the Sun's hair. I forget what the Sun's name is. Robbie. Hang on, his name's Robbie. Um, and we get the debut of the uh, of, of a teenage um, girlfriend in girlfriend. the car. Yeah. In a convertible. This guy's Mr. Walking Midlife Crisis, isn't he? <laughs> and within moments, he's got Francis McDermott up by the throat the up against the wall i mean he's really gone for it and sunny boy who f- five seconds ago was like it's dad yeah yeah has a knife. butcher's knife to yeah. his dad's throat yeah or a big chopping knife like he you knows what, what's been on in the past he, uh, he didn't hesitate did he and you know what's really weird is like in, in a couple of moments the, the, the table's put back up and everything's calm and he's going i don't i don't blame you i don't want this to happen and she's like yeah and there's actually like legitimate like yeah affection might be too strong but i know what you mean understanding for yeah, sure yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah like re- i think it shows you how how versatile their relationship was how no- how normalized this violence was yeah 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 where you had to kind of just and now we're back to whatever but do you think that's why you use the c word because that was kind of normalized in how they spoke to each other yeah i don't know it's i mean a I, very very toxic family relationship. i mean, yeah, I, I mean they're, they're trying really hard to position this family as, as, as white trash yeah 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 you know what i mean like you yeah. know in every capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, so the ex then drops a bomb on his way out. Angela had wanted to move in with him just before it had happened, but he said, no, your mother loves you. Now, there's a bit of a bit of a dick move by the dad to go ahead and throw this on her. Yeah. Um, but he yeah. is a dick, isn't he? <laughs> there is a great bit. When <laughs> the girlfriend comes in, though, because we need this. We need a bit of comic relief. And so she comes in asking to go to the bathroom. <laughs> With the knife to the throat. Yeah, and she's like, and his like hands around this is a convenience, but clearly it's an inconvenience. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, it's the zoo girl. And she explains how none of the zoos had to let people go now. So she's no longer a zoo girl. Uh, if you want to go all the way with this, she's now a poo girl. Yeah. Is that Margot Robbie? I don't think so. No. Apparently, I think it is. I think I saw her name when I was doing what? research. What? If you find that's Margot Robbie, what? I'm pretty sure. Is this, is this the thing you're talking about? No. Wow. It, that blows your mind. Wait till I tell you what this is. Really? Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You look up. Just type in Margot Robbie and see if it comes up. Because if that's the case, She's a dead wow. Runner, if not. Yeah. So, uh, I have her oh, I have her name later on in the, in the, uh, in the notes. Uh, can I find them is the question here. Uh oh, I have it here. What's it going to be? Pen- Penelope was the character's name. For Penelope, yep, yep. So I kept thinking pit stop. Jeez, she's about to go to the loo. Oh, okay, Penelope yes. pit stop. That's why. <laughs> um, so uh, we go to Dixon and his mother. A really weird vibe. Oh, he's had a strange upbringing. He has, and maybe maybe that's why we have to have this character to explain why he is the way he is. And I think a lot of his mother's feelings and thoughts. No, no, okay, okay. Oh, she missed out on. That's why I've seen it in. She uh, Margot Robbie misses out on an Oscar too. Oh okay. That's oh. oh, is she for? Is this is this Itania? This is Itania, isn't yeah, it? That's why so, I've seen yeah. the names in the same. Okay, okay. I thought I, I didn't look up. I just thought that might Samara be Weaving. Oh okay. Very good. Yeah, she was very good. You understand why she hasn't had a career since though? Was in Bill and Ted Face the Music. Yeah, probably why. Exactly explains <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Need face the music. Um. Yeah. So I think we can see. How her prejudices and her issues Has transferred on. Like she's, him. you can see, she's even pulling the strings behind behind the scenes. Oh, she's horrible. And she says, um, "If you want to get to Mildred, okay, you get there." But she's Thea, the blonde child in Bill and Ted Face Music. 
Oh, surely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she tells him the way to get to Mildred is to go through her friends. And so we then cut to Mildred going to work in time to see a post-it note left on the front door. I got her arrested. But by her friend Denise. Yeah. Uh, Denise is black. I like Denise. Denise is arrested for marijuana possession, which is actually like the like quintessential um what's what i'm looking for here um Mr. Prof- profiling profiling yeah you have a, you have a black suspect it, it, the, the, the numbers of of arrests for like marijuana possession like the black community is the white community in the southern u.s is like insane oh okay it's just that thing where like yeah we're just gonna put you in on this just because we can we'll probably search it we'll probably find most people you probably find it on yeah so if we 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 search we can probably find yeah okay. there it is yeah. so um we see that dixon's first name is is Jason Dixon. Jason Dixon sounds an awful lot like Mason Dixon. It does. The Mason-Dixon line was the this, this the line that separated the North and the South and the slave-owning states from the non-slave-owning states. Oh, that's clever. So that's a clever little oh, thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, so Willoughby and his family, there's fishing rods and blankets and about a million stuffed toys and the kids are told not to move until every one of these stuffed toys have like one they have to fish them all in all the stuffed toys have got magnets on them and they have to magnet the toys and bring them back on the blanket blanket. yeah oh okay that's what he's that's what what it is is. and we will be watching we'll be watching it won't look like we are but we will be (laughs) and the mom's like we're not really going he's like yeah yeah we are and um at this point then we cut to mildred who's putting some flowers by the signs which I guess has become kind of like a, almost like a surrogate gravesite. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, did yeah. you notice when they show you the billboard, mm-hmm. the one that she was burnt under? Sure. The grass. Yeah. Now I'm assuming that was just a shadow. But it looks like it it's looks a burn mark, doesn't like it? Like a burn yeah, mark. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that was deliberate? Probably. A lot of the stuff in this film that's like really small is like really deliberate. Yeah. Um, including the CGI deer if it comes out by the signs. <laughs> fucking hated that so thing. we had a cgi cow was it last week or a couple of weeks ago or yeah, last week where do we see the, oh by, by the by the farmer's field oh yeah. Uh, yeah by the farmer yeah and this week we, we had a we had a, a cgi idea like if you if you haven't got the budget to do a good cgi idea one either bring in a real deer because it would have been cheaper some of the close-ups of the deer look legit i just they couldn't get the deer and and, and francis mcdermott in the same shot yeah, yeah i think or, that's the real deer but yeah. And superimposed. Yeah, I think that, yeah, a, that's what so yeah. I got superimposed because it looked a little bit glowy on the yeah, edge. Yeah, yeah. Or use something like I don't know a bird that's much easier to like superimpose because you just need something to talk. To be to. fair, I think the cow is the same deal. I think the cow is a fake cow. I think the fake cow last week was a real cow, but superimposed, so yeah. it looks crap. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it didn't need to be a deer. And so she has this moment where she goes, "Maybe you're my daughter," and you know, just like that easy kind of. Wouldn't it be great if it was? And you can yeah. just sort of. And she's like, she won't let herself even have that little bit of fake whatever. She goes, nope, you're pretty, but you ain't her. And um, Red calls her in to the advertising and says, you actually paid the deposit. You didn't pay the first month as per our contract. And she says, you can't trust the lawyers or the advertising people. What's America coming to? I think he's had more pressure land on him. Oh, you can tell he doesn't want to be doing any of this. No. But he's also torn because he likes Willoughby. Mm-hmm. And he's sick. So... Um, <laughs> And then it turns out when she's like, when do I need it by? She said, Friday. And he's like, well, she's like, how many of the money for Friday? He says today, doesn't he? For, he says now. Now, yeah. And, and uh, then he gives her to Friday. Yeah, because that's the, the better part of him going yeah. read till Friday. And then all of a sudden his assistant comes out of nowhere. And I was like, someone just dropped off $5,000. <laughs> 
And pay for the billboards. Like, who is it? It's pay for the billboards. So, um, some Mexican kid, right? Delivery Mexican. Yes, yeah, so, so Mexican delivery kid. <laughs> and they're like, make sure you get it. And she goes, I'll be taking a receipt for that. <laughs> um, and then Chief Willoughby puts his daughters to bed. And then he puts his wife to bed, who's had a little bit too much Chardonnay. And she decides to compliment him on his on his token of love token inside her <laughs> S- spinal tap might have called what was it a flesh tuxedo pig tuxedo oh, <laughs> <laughs> but she decides to compliment that and he goes oh is that shakespeare you've got a real nice cock mr <laughs> oscar wilde oscar wilde i mean it makes sense if it was anyone it would be oscar it wilde. would be oscar wilde yeah uh, he goes to the stables oh coughs a bit says oscar wilde puts a hood on his head and you get in time just to read it. It says, uh, don't open the bag. Just telephone the boys. And then he shoots himself in the head and falls. And then we get his letter. And his letter is, like, it's a beautiful scene. Oh, it's a heartbreaking scene. It is, yeah. And then you read the letter. And the calmness of the letter, though, as well. And you read the letter. And it's, it's calm. to terms with what he's about yeah. to do, isn't it's it? It's also really funny in places. Yeah, yeah. Which, again, is like, this shouldn't, it should be, you should this be shouldn't work. Yeah, yeah, but it does. And it did for me. Yeah, it did for me. It I really, me. I really found a lot of humor in this. Yeah, and because it, it, it was this beautiful, like it's the beautiful, like what was his last day made of? You know what I mean? Like it's been time with his kids. That they, they didn't go to school that day. We found out he and had to spend time fake. with his wife. It was him being genuine, and none of them knew it was the last day, so they didn't treat it like it was the last day. And yeah. so he got to have this day where no one talked about it or thought about it. And he's saving his wife his last of, few months. It's of, a lot of people's la- ideal last day. No, that's the thing. It's an ideal last day for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, Now, I think we see after the fact, this isn't this poetic day for the family the next day. No matter what he thought it was going to be, I'm sure, I think she would have rather have had... Another bit of time. Moments, yeah. and even in, in, in their de- 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 depreciating quality, mm. something to she look is, after him even. She is heartbroken. Yeah, she's heartbroken. So that's really interesting about perspective. Mm. And so what he thought was the perfect day. And, and, and we, to be fair, we're aligned with him. As far as that family goes, we yeah. spend our time with, with, with him. With, with him. Yeah. For him, it is, is his, that's how he wanted to it's go It's the out. perfect yeah. last day for him. It, it, and then we see the after effects of it. Mm. And we don't get closure on that. Like We just see it and we're like, deal with it and you're gone. That's, and there's no closure at the end. It's not the only I'm, thing that you don't get closure. I reckon there, yeah. was a, there might have been a cut scene though as well because they leave, you see the mum and the two little girls leave the restaurant in the next couple of scenes they're not in focus or anything but it's two little girls and a mum with long blonde hair that walk out behind the shot and i'm like that must have been Mm. it's got to have been them like whether it was just a little add-in bit but and the next day it's almost comedic because we see dixon with his headphones in and it's like the super like 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 upbeat kind of song and like beautiful kind of song and yet we see all the police officers outside of the window like consoling each other because they're in mourning yeah oh and then um and they come into the station don't they and they tell him but we don't get to be here for that we we have a jump cut to him and we find that he fainted and they're splashing water on his face and um (laughs) yeah he goes you're not gonna fail me again yeah (laughs) he then and we get a long shot where dixon uh breaks he drunkenly staggers across the street, smashes the glass out of the advertising place, gun in hand. This is all one take. Like, there's been no cuts. Do you know, I, again, before we carry on, Willoughby has been the only father figure to him. He's also he's, the guy, like, when he's, he's been... kept him in line. Like, he was going to punch out Red in the middle of the street at one point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's in, yeah, but he said to him at one point, he said, you're a good man. He said, I know deep down in well, He says later. 
Yeah, but he says to him um, earlier on. Oh, does he really? Okay. Um, he says that you're this, you're better than this. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I think now he's just lost that father figure, that one person that can keep him in check. He's now going to go off the rails. Um. So he goes upstairs. Uh, he finds Red, punches him a few times, th- throws him out the window, palm strikes the assistant. Yeah. The girl just like, pam, in the forehead. Then he hit her, not Palmer. I think he... I think he opened palms, but I, 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 think, I think it's this. Is it? I, I, it's enough to knock her out by the looks of it. It's to knock her out, yeah. yeah. Well, he I, I, don't, her. I, don't think, I don't think he does like, 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 like a fist. Oh, it's worse than a Will Smith. Will Smith's a crossing blow. I think, it's, I think it's a palm. It's a literal palm strike. Oh, okay. Yeah. So where, where the sort of the base of your hand hits it right on the forehead. Which, if you're not good at punching, is actually a lot worse than being punched. Yeah. Um, and then uh, it's a dick and then he staggers back into the police station past this guy with a cup of coffee, a black guy with a cup of coffee. Didn't take any notice of him, did, did he? you not? No, oh, no, I did. no, 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 no. I did. Okay. But Dixon didn't take oh, no any notice. bit of notice. Because A, he's, he's, he's a ra- what, he's oh, what are you looking at? Looking yeah. at? Yeah. 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 But like not anything important. Yeah. Right. And because we know he's a racist. Yeah. Yeah. And we know it's just like he's gotten away with this stuff, but maybe not to this degree. You're going, how's he gonna do this? Yeah. Um, and then he pulls his coat back and you can see his badge, which is very, very cool. Oh, wait, did you see it in that shot? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Okay. He pulls the, the, yeah, the detective guy pulls his coat back slightly and you can see his badge. Oh, okay. Because it's on his, on his hip. This scene, obviously, like I said, was one long take. They did this five times. Wow. That was take four. There must have been quite a saw. lot of cleanup after each one. That would have been, yeah. You would have had to do it on... Did you do it on one... I guess you do it on... Yeah, you'd have to do it on the same day. because you're trying, it's, it's also synchronized, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so you do it, you wait an hour, hour and a half. It's a, it's you, a, you reset. It's a great scene, though. It's a very powerful scene. Yeah, because it, I mean, this is this is rock bottom for him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Mildred is dropping her son Robbie off at school, and someone throws a... a I thought it was a coffee cup or something. I thought She's, it was a coffee cup. She says it's a can. She gets out, and Robbie's like, don't do it, don't do it. And uh, she goes up and she goes, who threw that can? You didn't see who threw that can, did you? He goes, what can? And she hoofs him between the legs. Oh, it's brilliant. At which point she goes to the girl, do you see who threw the can? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Hoofs her between <laughs> the legs. <laughs> Loved it. You know, looks at the next guy who's obviously like a nerd with like glasses and braces and stuff and just goes, never mind. Oh, really? Yeah, I missed that. Okay, yeah. brilliant. She, she did what you'd want to do, but you never do. Because obviously that that kid. Well, I definitely can't do it. Well, no, 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 no. But I mean, when you're getting back chat from kids who's being like really rude and horrible and obnoxious, you just go to yourself, "Cool, if only I could just give you a slap." But you don't. But you just go because of rules and laws and yeah, things like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But she does it. She kicks him in the groin. Yeah, it's just I wouldn't expect it because you're not expecting it. I because you think it's it. this great thing where the teenager goes, "I'm untouchable." Yeah, yeah, and yeah. You go, okay, there we go. Because I generally thought she was going to up to him and then move away. Yeah, I didn't expect her to do that. I feel like I should explicitly state that yes, it's wrong to to to, to assault minors. It is. It is wrong. The second one got me as the more though, which is to the girl <laughs> because it's like, two levels. Funny. The first is age, and then it's gender, mm. right? And you couldn't get away with it if it was a guy. No, no. But because it's this older woman. And because she's hurting and because she doesn't feel yeah. anything anymore. She doesn't care. Exactly. Um, so uh, we go to the craft shop. Oh, no, before that, we've got a new chief. And the guy who Dixon stumbled by earlier uh, sort of reveals himself as the new police chief. He tells, uh, after a couple of things where Dixon's like, yeah, I just threw a guy out a window. 
I know remorse. He's like, give me None. your gun and your badge. So the gun he gets quickly, and, and, and the chief, like, takes it. He doesn't softly take it. He, like, snatches it. He is yeah. like, you are not firing that. Because, well, it's because well, this guy's completely... Off his head as well. That's what I mean. Dixon's a complete loose cannon. Yeah, he's, like, he's, he's he might change his him. mind. Just get it. He's just seen him do it, and so he's like, take it. He can't find his badge, and whispers. Like, this is the embarrassing thing. I can't find my badge. <laughs> That's clever. I, I, I think I've put it down somewhere. Yeah, he's not embarrassed by throwing a guy out a window no, or any of the other stuff. No. Uh, and so he goes to his buddy, whose name I didn't really bother with. I don't that. like him. He's slow. And he goes, I think I just got suspended or fired. And he's like, oh, you got you fired. Fired, fired, yeah. yeah. Um, in the craft shop, some guy comes in uh, while Mildred's working and tries to intimidate her, ask her how much this Gift bunny shop. is. Is that what it's called? Gift shop? Gift shop, yeah. How much is bunny worth? And I'm like, oh, it's $7. And he goes, okay. And he like, whips it at her head. Is this the same guy in the bar? Yes. Okay. okay. So that, you, that fucks with the story a little bit for me. But did, that's... did you did you recognise this guy? No. No? So this guy. Okay, yeah, okay. He's who's been this? in a film we've already reviewed. All right, who's that? He's in Empire Records. My name's not fucking Warren! Is it the kid? Wait, are you serious? Yes! Is this the kid? <laughs> yes! Stop calling me Warren! <laughs> what, you want to give me a job? Yeah, really? that's Warren! That's wild. The way he walked in, yeah. I went, hang on a minute. That, See, he didn't shoplift any Whitney Houston. <laughs> <laughs> that's what threw you. Yeah. That blew my mind. That's, that's crazy. Isn't it? Um, yeah. So I wonder how many other he, people out there who's watched this is going, oh my God. So he goes up and he says, maybe, um, maybe I'm one of the ones who burnt down a billboard. No, oh, billboards yeah. aren't burnt yet. So what is it? Maybe um, a friend Maybe a friend of, of Willoughby's. Willoughby's. Okay. Oh, are you? Maybe I'm a friend of your daughter's. Maybe a friend of your daughter's. Maybe I'm the one who raped her and killed her. Oh. And she just keeps going. Were you? Yeah, yeah, she's really probing, isn't she? She's really like... Let me find out what you did, and if you did do it... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it looks like he's he's going he's to mess her up. But why? It's a good question. This, this, Where that's that? what one of my biggest questions was, because if that is... I, know, I didn't know if my face blind was, was kicking in or not. If that is the same person, which you've, you've it guys said same, it is... It is the same guy. I, I've got a few issues with that then. Because if not, then why does one he know who she is to attack her? Here's why. Here's why. Here's why. The news and and the story. This is a case where movie over story. So help me, hear me out with this, okay? Yeah. No, no, I'm just saying. This is like when I take a pregnant pause at rehearsal and someone tries to give me my line. I'm like, I know my line. (laughs) You don't have to say all the words immediately right after each other. Or just give me one line when I one word when I ask for a cue. And if like, I call I for a line, give me the line. Yeah, not just yeah. one word. Um, but anyway, I was saying the movie needs us, needs you, to see him, to see this. Hope you're not face blind, and then see him later and go, oh, yeah, they gotta get, because because she never knows it's the guy who intimidates her. No, no at least no, as far no. as we know, when the yeah. movie ends, yeah, yeah, yeah. she to, doesn't. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't know. No, but the movie needs us to us know. To know, yeah, and to go. I bet you that's him. That's the guy from. That's the guy from the gift shop. Yeah. So that we are there with Dixon. Otherwise, it might seem too coincidental. The same. The same character makes us go. Oh, that's him. I just don't understand but why. Then but then it DNA tells us that it wasn't him. But then, so then, Spoiler. why does he? <laughs> so why is he doing it? So why does he do it? He's yeah, heard exactly. about it. He's crazy. He's a little bit loony. He's, He's taking advantage of an old woman who's by herself. Then I probably need a a, a little bit. Of something, something. It, ta- it, not, it takes it away from the end thing. thing that, I, I, here, here, it, depends, yeah. it depends what you want from this movie. Do you want closure? And if you want closure, then you need this. The, 
Yeah. I don't need closure. From I don't this. Need, no, no, I don't necessarily need closure. I just didn't like. You don't that get closure it con- from this it, movie. <laughs> it, it contradicts itself. That's fine. I hear you. I hear what you're saying. I'm, I guess I'm going. I'm, I'm able to very quickly forgive anything to do with that because yeah, I realize yeah, what its purpose is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It manipulated me. Yeah. I don't like being manipulated. I love being manipulated. <laughs> that's, what, that's what storytelling is. Storytelling's all about being we manipulated. Manipulation You're on, get hang on, because no, we I talked. Don't, no, I don't like being manipulated. Because we went out with, 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 with the cast of the Adams family. Yes. Um, after rehearsal. Yes. And I talked at no short length <laughs> about how when I was in Chicago, my whole purpose of my character that whole yeah. time was to manipulate the audience into underestimating me, just like all the other characters do in the show as well. Yeah. So that when I have my big song. Yeah. They go, oh, oh, wow. Good storytelling is nothing but manipulation. No, I I get that. I I don't like this version of manipulation (laughs) when it feels like it's not done with enough. That could have been been someone else. It didn't need to be the same person. The hard part about that, because then it feels like that's... Because otherwise, here's the thing, because then I do need closure for that guy. If he's not... if, If gift shop guy isn't the same as bar guy... Yeah. Then I need gift shop guy to get his. He can't just be some. Like, so, no, so what was the deal with him? Yeah. Where was he? Yeah, was why did this happen? Yeah, but why yeah. did he do it anyway? I still don't get that. Well, I don't suppose you're supposed to. It's got to set you up. But because it clock. links to this, they're both attached to a common enemy. Yeah, in, in yeah, my, yeah. yeah. So I, that's. But that's, I. But I hear it, what you're saying. I don't. I don't take on. Yeah, it. it's it's just it's frustrating because obviously he's he says he has done something very very similar to what's happened to Angela, and then oh, also confronts his mother about. There you go about it there you go. and that's really frustrating if it's not the same person we're told later on and we're jumping ahead but we're told we're later on ahead, yeah. maybe this guy likes to brag the same thing happens in both he makes big claims mm-hmm. big claims doesn't have to substantiate him but makes giant claims no, yeah. so that, that that actually links the two of them together he's a guy who goes places and says things he's an outsider so he can be gone he'll never be tracked they think yeah yeah it's, Out of he's just an asshole because then when it's real when at least or, or he thinks it's real yeah. Because he finds out the guy he's beaten up is a cop, he changes his tune drastically and gets the heck out of Dodge. But he still give a boot in though. <laughs> he goes back. By to that him. point, that's done. So, yeah. well, he could have booted them, but he didn't do it. So let's give him a little bit less jail time, shall we? Um, so we'd find out that Ms. Willoughby is the one who comes in, and great because we just hear the bell because we're, we're stuck on a really tight shot of the oh, two of them. Oh, it's a great shot, and we hear his bell, and it was saved by the bell, and I'm like, I didn't need that. No. That's a bit. That's a bit corny. It was so obvious. Like, okay, cool. You're not going to beat her up in front of. Well, yeah. Well, and but then he leaves, and she and she's like, "Am I ever glad to see you?" And she's all like, "Well," I'm and she's not wrong because she just walked into. She doesn't know yeah. what's going on, no, she and she's like, "Oh, you're glad to see." Because in her eyes, it may have something to do with the billboards. Yeah. How could you not? And so she drops off uh, a letter here, and then, uh, I love how they got Harrelson, of course, to read them, and that's he great. goes. How you doing, Mildred? Dead man Willoughby here. <laughs> that's funny in itself. <laughs> like, that's funny. That and funny. he goes, and then he, but he turns and goes, I'm really sorry I didn't catch the killer. Before I died. And yeah. I, I would hate it if you thought that I didn't, that I didn't care. Yeah. Because I did care. I really cared. But sometimes they just get away from it. And then we find out he's the guy who paid for the billboard. Which is brilliant. And said, and not out of some like goodness of his heart. He's like, he's like, he's like, now you got to justify why they're up when I'm dead. (laughs) Yeah. But do you know, do you remember the letter that got sent with the money? Yeah. When he said about the pigs. Yeah, yeah. He said them goddamn pigs. Pigs, yeah. (laughs) I just love the way he worded it. It was brilliant. Um, 
So he goes, look, I mean, that was my counter move. So now it's yours. And so we cut to Dixon fighting with his mother and she's laughing because she gets them. Like they weren't, yeah, they, I think they would have been friends if it wasn't for these circumstances. Yeah. Um, Dixon fights with his mother and storms off. And then we go to Mildred finding the billboards on fire. So of course we think the same thing. Yeah. Because the character we saw him leave, the character who's had an axe to grind, who's who's wounded, who loves Willoughby, mm-hmm. and then we see the, the the signs on fire, and you don't know that is him, but we all assume no, but you assume, of, of course assume you assume. assume yeah. She, which is kind of weird because they show us every other bad thing. Yeah, he does. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and his mother even asks him, doesn't she? Yeah. Um, Mildred's able to rescue the the, the first one fully. The middle one, wah, she even goes up like on a burning on a burning billboard to try and rescue it. And do you know the funny it's, thing? So they end up looking the same as they did before they put the things on. The first one looked the best, then the middle one was in. Oh, and the, the third, third one's third destroyed. Because yeah. she just sinks to her knees and yeah. goes, can't do it. But I don't, I don't burn the board, though. No, because the, because the, because the, 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 the actual thing is, the back, is steel. <laughs> oh, no, so the wood, they're wood boards, though, isn't it? It's they're wood on top. They're wood boards in, the, steel in frame. the first shots, but I don't know if they're obviously they're. they're I think the frame. Okay, yet. I think the frames they met they mount them on. Or I think yeah, I think okay. that's the frame. Yeah. yeah, but it's quite funny when you look at it from when they're burnt and they've all been put out the next day. Yeah, you can still see the boards at the back have not been burnt. Oh really? But you're like, but they had been a bit scorched. Yeah, I wouldn't have just gone up one side. And the heat, jeez. Yeah, um, and her standing at the top there, no fucking way. Oh, there's no way. The new chief shows up, and Mildred thinks she's being arrested. And he's thrown. He's like, I'm, I'm not here to arrest you. Mm. Not yet. <laughs> and then um, the news reporter comes back from the one we saw earlier. And she's like, maybe now this is an end to the th- saga of a three billboards outside. It's almost as the name of the movie. Ebbing. And she's like, this doesn't change a fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> she drives, she by. drives by. <laughs> Just getting started. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> Or as I've written in my notes, Mildred strenuously objects. <laughs> <laughs> she does. The next day, Dixon's told there's a letter for him uh, at the cop shop, but he can't go down and pick it up. He says, just let yourself in, leave the keys, and go. And this is heartbreaking for him because he, I think he thought there'd be a way out of it. Now, I know there's a reason why this happens, but why can't he go back to the cop shop? Because he's been fired. Yeah, but he's not going back to work. He's going back to drop keys off. I think you to pick up a I think you nail. I think actually, here's why. Um, I think everybody else is trying to reclimatize themselves in the office politics, oh. and they're trying to distance themselves from from Dixon. him. Dixon, okay. So it's not a Dixon thing; it's a their own survival thing. Okay. Because this guy just fired a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to be seen in his buddy. For, for, well. No, no, for, for justifiable reasons. Yeah, yeah. But if you're trying to like clean the stink off of that guy on you and go like, I don't want. No, I don't want and you thinking. Pretty buddy, yeah, they? I don't want you thinking that we're mates here. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, um, the new, oh, so, uh, he goes into the police house that night, but Mildred, unbeknownst to him, is at the advertising agency, which has to be right across the way. And of course the windows are all smashed out. And we have to, um, forgive her again because she rings once. She oh, yeah. rings twice. So she phones the phone house repeatedly, but Dixon's got his headphones in. So she's not, she's doing everything she can to make sure no one gets hurt. Yeah. She just, just wants to torch the, yeah, yeah. the, the, it'd been different if she knew that he was in there. Agreed. Uh, she throws a series of Molotov cocktails, which Jason only notices at the last one as he's reading the story or something. He's reading he's the goodbye. Letter, so yeah. it's like this lo- lovely, beautiful thing about how he sees goodness in him. How yeah. Willoughby's like, you're a good man. You really, Change really are. Change will come to you. Change will come before. to you as it hits him in the back. Yeah. And everything blows up. Um, he quickly makes sure to grab Angela's case file. 
and he latches it onto his body, jumps to the window, and as he's burning, he thinks enough to throw the case file away so it doesn't go up. Yep. Do you know what else I like about this scene? Dinklage. What? Yeah. So Dinklage, James, comes down, he pats down his burning body. Didn't even think about it. No. He just jumped on it because, you know, even though the guys harassed him and done everything, he still was like, I no, see him being there. Yeah, absolutely. And again, this repeats later, doesn't it? So oh, it's a whole series of these, yeah. You know, so, yeah. Um, he covers for, um, he sees Mildred because they both come out to look at it. And uh, he covers for Mildred and suggests they were on a date and they've been dating for a while and that she can't be the bad one. And he goes, so then he asks afterwards, he goes, can I take you out on a date? And she goes, yeah, I'll go out with you, but I won't fuck you. <laughs> I don't want to fuck you either. Put your cards on the table. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, in the hospital, uh, Dixon's put in the same room. And we get a point of view shot. So we see through Dixon's perspective, through the bandages. And his roommate is red. Yeah. And red's super nice and supportive. And is like, oh, You'll be all right. Don't cry. It'll mess up your wounds and all that stuff. Yeah, salt in your wounds. And Dixon just keeps saying, I'm sorry. And he's like, sorry for what? He's like, I'm sorry I threw you out a window. And you can see red registers and, 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 and breaks down. And then what he does next? And then he gives him a glass of juice and makes oh. sure the straw is pointed towards him to make sure he can have it. Because oh. at some point, it's got to stop. It has, yeah. Um. Jerome stops by Mildred's house. Jerome was one of the guys who put up the uh, billboards. He says, hey, when you do these sorts of things, they give you a duplicate in case you tear something or it doesn't go on right. So should we put them back up? And they go ahead and they uh, I liked him. put the billboards back up. And Dinklage is there holding the ladder. You don't have to hold my ladder. And they go, <laughs> what about the third one? And he goes, he paid for him. Yep. Put him up. Yep, yep. Which is great because now it's like he's in on it. That's brilliant. <laughs> That's great. We go to date night and we kind of counter, uh, we, we cross cut between the bar and the restaurant. Uh, Dixon hears a guy bragging about sleeping, uh, sleeping is not the right word, uh, having sex with some girl who seemed, it seemed like he was the one who was doing it, he says, and he's had two guys who were just enjoying watching it. Um, so this is the link between scene one and scene two we were talking earlier mm-hmm. but he also mentions how she was definitely hot when she, once the gasoline went oh, up. once the gasoline went up that's oh i, I didn't realize it was literal gasoline yeah i thought it was like a name of a drink no he, no, he, sets, no, her no, on no, fire. he sets her on my fire bad, yeah. my bad oh jeez okay. which is why it's so frustrating no, no, that yeah, they're right. not yeah the same person yeah and so we pan over and we see it's dixon and everything we know about movies tells us this is the guy and dixon's gonna redeem himself yeah especially because they've already had a conversation where it's like a lot of the time these cases just yeah, someone oh, yeah. overhears someone else and i really hope it's this and then we get this we're like this is, this is what this is how movies work isn't it and that's how you think it's gonna pan out and so he goes he stumbles outside and he goes to get a smoke like what's he doing he's checking them and then you see he's checking yeah. the license plate yeah and then he goes back in and he antagonizes with a fight, and he scratches the guy. Did you pick up that he yeah. was getting DNA? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he gets his... Let's take a paste and for And he it. completely... He doesn't even try to fight back. I think he's just worried about preserving the DNA under his fingernails. Yeah, yeah. And even with then all the punches and stuff because it's got fresh open wounds like it traps a bunch of other stuff as well. That's one of the things you're taught to do, girls are taught to do, is to scratch. Yes. To keep DNA. Yeah. Um, he... What am I doing here? Uh, then we go back to the... Oh, one of the guys who pulls pulls him free yeah. is one of the black guys he was harassing earlier in the film. Yeah, again. Yeah. So yeah. again, that sort of thing where you go... All these I people are helping. Was, I thought it was... Was it not 
Jerome I don't, I don't with, think it was Jerome. with Denise on a date. Because they kind of have a bit of a look while they're putting oh, was the it? billboards up. Oh, that's might who, be. That's who I thought it was. It might okay, not might be. be. But, um, that's who I thought they were, but it might might not be. Um, Mildred's ex-husband comes around to the table because... <laughs> it's a really dark joke, but Peter English is off to a little boy's room. <laughs> yeah. Of all the things to say. Of all the things to say. Why would you say that? Uh, I guess he's owning it. Yeah, maybe. Like, we've got to address the elephant in the room, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Mildred's ex-husband comes round. This would be, oh, what was his Charlie. name? Charlie. And confesses he set fire to the billboards, at which point. Oh, does he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. He I said, didn't... sorry about that. I was drunk. Oh. Yeah, he's the one who sets fire, so it's not. Oh, oh it's I not Dixon that. at all. So, he, oh. so she looks like she's like ready to throw up because she, she thinks the Molokov cocktail didn't have to happen. No. Dixon doesn't have to have his face burned. Oh. So she's caused real damage here. Yeah, I didn't get that bit. Thinking no, I didn't, I didn't, that it was I just... I didn't get that at all. Yeah. No. yeah he, Jeez. He, so um, at which point then, at which point then, uh, he he um, he leaves and um, Peter Dinklage comes back and, and Mildred tries to cancel the date. Now, I think it's more because she's thrown by this yeah, I than think anything so. else. This yeah, is the yeah. reason why she's ending the date. <laughs> when she comes over to them with the Penelope. Yeah. She holds it like she's about to smash her yeah, over but, his head. Penelope's drinking juice. Oh, is she? The whole time. She's got like a little plastic cup with like well, apple juice she in would it if she's ni- She would if she's 19. I mean. Oh, yeah. my word, in the States, because 19, you'll be 21, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So we've got, um, so they come back and, he, and she cancels the date and says, look, we'll just, we'll just re- Re- redo it don't worry about it this one doesn't have to count or whatever like that and he's like no you don't have to. he's he's clearly going he's just fr- he's done now he's like no she says look you know you're not being forced to go out with me i'm being forced to go out with you and he's like i asked you on a date and you said yes and yeah. you said yes that's all i want to do mm. and really kind of dresses her down and goes like you're a bad person and you make me out to be worse than you yeah <laughs> You, know, you burn down police stations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't say that quite. No, <laughs> no one reacted because this is the end of him. Like this is the end. Of, so he stands up for himself. Good on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And out he goes. Um, Mildred then grabs the bottle, and we have a shot from behind the bottle. And we think she's gonna like, yeah, call me crazy. We think Mildred's gonna act irrationally. Yeah. <laughs> and then we've got Mildred not acting irrationally she actually goes over and says oh because at this point he had um charlie had said to her that anger only begets greater anger yeah and she's because like penelope had said that to she's him. like penelope said that and he's like yeah for yeah for else i love that she's so innocent and he goes over uh, sorry she um mildred goes over and gives her the wine and says you, you know did you really say that she went yeah i saw it on a bookmark or something like that. yeah bookmark. a book about polio which is then polo which is hang on is that the one with the horses no polo that yeah. that's funny um is it <laughs> that made me laugh because she's so stupid she's so sweet she's she so nice yeah but she's just so she's just dumb isn't she mildred says to her says to charlie be nice to her charlie you got that and she gives them the bottle so again yeah. small acts of kindness nice, isn't it? yeah uh, Dixon then takes the DNA sample from his fingernails and his wounds and all that stuff. And he, he picks out with glass. Yeah. Ooh. And he tips off Mildred that he's got some DNA and he's, he tips off Mildred that he's got some DNA and he's pretty sure that's the end of it. Uh, that, that we, maybe we've got the guy cause he was bragging about the right things. And then we cut and we're as disappointed as he is. Cause we think this is how the movie's going to work. Yep. And that he's not the guy. He's not even in the country. No. 
and uh, he was in a war zone. Uh, we can't tell you which one, but think somewhere sandy. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to give him everything. He doesn't even give warm zone. He just says he wasn't in the country and he had a commanding officer. Yeah, yeah. Like, in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dixon then says, hey, I found my badge. And he hands it over. Phones Mildred. And he's like, look, I know. Now he goes, well, maybe it's this guy who's bragging. He's like, this guy ain't bragging. And I think we're all there. I think we're all yeah, going, yeah. yeah. He's been there, done it. So we know that much. I think we're all going, yeah, I totally believe you. See, I was hoping after this bit that they'd have, I didn't need closure, but I would have liked perhaps them to then go, this is something obviously troops do. It's a troop thing. Maybe we should be investigating someone who came through who was a troop. If he was oh, out of the yeah. country, I mean, it's probably more likely he, in some of his some of his guys in the, in, in the armed forces did something to someone while they were overseas. That's the story he's telling. Because mm. 10 months ago, he wasn't even in the country, he said. Yeah, yeah. no, no, but it, like, obviously it sounds... I w- what I would have liked from the end of this story, like, not... Didn't, I didn't need to know who it was and they get caught or whatever, but I would have liked, because we find out that this guy is bragging about doing stuff and he is... They make a point about the fact that he was some sort of troop, like some sort of armed... He's in some sort of armed force. Some sort of armed force. Yeah. It would have, I would have liked a little, a, the tiniest bit of hope on the end of the film where they then get a, not necessarily even a lead, but they go, right, let's investigate troops that came through. Ah, different, that's a different movie. Can't, can't do that. Different movie. Yeah. It just would have gone, because then it, it connects ready, it all. Because it's not a story. Well, it is a story. I said it's, it's not his story. story, I said. No, I know, but it just connects it okay. better because then, then I'm not I, as mad that the two guys are different enough. people. I just disagree. But I like the fact that's open-ended and they still go... Because that, can still go that, that gives you what... You see, the point is, this movie doesn't give it you what give you, you want. It doesn't give you enough. And to no. do that, it has to give you what you want. It, yeah. Now, me, when it doesn't give me what we want, I kind of go, oh, it's kind of what I want. It's for you not to give me what I want. Because yeah. I'm like, oh, you're doing something unconventional. Now, Now let me sort of not wrestle, but let me process this. But even at the very end, they don't give you it. So, that's, yeah, that's the yeah, whole yeah. point. I think we're getting at. Um, so uh, he he offers um, he says he offers Mildred the chance to take care of a rapist. He goes, "Where is he from? Idaho? That's funny. I'm driving to Idaho in the morning. You want some company? Sure." And they go for the drive, and she tells him, "I need to tell you something." It was me who burnt down the police station. At which point we get the smallest hint of Willoughby's impact in her. Yeah. Because he laughs and goes, well, who the hell else was it going to be? <laughs> yeah. And he says, are we really going to, you sure about killing this person? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure? No. no. She just goes, I guess we'll decide along the way. Yeah. And that's where the movie ends. It is. That's great. Great ending. Um, couple things before we hit the end game here. Uh, on February 20, sorry, February 15th, 2018, Justice for Green... Sorry, Justice for, for Grenfell, which we know about here in this country. Mm-hmm. An advocacy group created in response to the Grenfell Tower fire hired three vans of electronic signs uh, in a protest against perceived inaction in response to the fire. The vans were driven around London and displayed messages in the style of the billboards. 71 dead, first. And still no arrests, second. How come? Third. Yeah. Similar protest also happened in response to the Stoneman Douglas High School shooting, the Occupied Justice Movement in Malta, the NHS in Bristol in 2018, amongst many, many, many others. Uh, Wong Kishan, uh, China's vice president, said he understood supporters of U.S. President Donald Trump in part through watching this film. I guess it's just that need for justice or for comeuppance or whatever. A fun tidbit, because there's a lot of downsides to this. So here's a fun tidbit. 
In a rare instance, the Google Street View van was traveling through Silva, North Carolina, in May 2016 when primary filming was underway. On Google Street View, there is ample evidence of crew, including set decorations, second assistant directors, gaffers, and, pro- pro- uh, sorry, and properties working on the south side of Main Street. The Sylvan used furniture shop is dressed up as the Ebbing Police Station after the fire. Dressing crew can be seen putting up plywood on the burned building. Oh, wow. Where is that, sorry? That's on Google Earth for uh, Google Street View for uh, Silva, S-Y-L-V-A, North Carolina. Okay. So, just for reference. But that takes us to... We're in the end game now. And we are in the end game now. Uh, let's start off with a random word. Liam. Uh, random word. Um, billboard. Billboard. <laughs> Quite fitting, I think, on this one. It there is. should be some stuff we, we can do with that. Yeah. Uh, I got one in mind, but we'll see if it comes up. Um, let's talk about the thing. Um, how do you think the film ended? What do these two characters do? Because it stops. But then it, I'll tell you what. I forgot it was open-ended. Yeah. I thought they decided not to kill him. I thought they decided they were going to go. Oh, really? I thought they decided to stop. Yeah, I thought they were going to kill him. That's funny. So when it ended, open-ended, I went, oh, I forgot that. Yeah, I did. Um, Because I've only seen this film twice. That probably speaks to where our reading of the film is then. Yeah. That you think they go off and kill him. I think they don't. And yeah, that's how I thought. Um, So I thought, well, he's done something anyway. Let's go and... Oh, he's definitely done something. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I like the fact that they both go, are you sure? I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. We'll decide on the way. Yeah. But I think that was more them um working out each other and how sure how they were getting through their traumas maybe georgia what was your reading i don't i don't mind the ending at all no but i mean do you think they did it do you think they didn't do it mm. I, think, I think we have an open ending you have to make up in your mind which one you think it probably went down i don't really thought about it so like pan's labyrinth when it offered you two options yeah, yeah. we all chose an option right because it's, yeah, it's no, gotta be I'm, one of those I'm two i'm thinking I've, I've just not okay that's thought fine. about it um to be fair you probably have more time for pan because you'd seen it before, hadn't you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, no, I reckon they probably did. Okay. Yeah, it's not right. I think, I think <laughs> there's, there's two wrongs to make I, there's right. There's all these small acts, of, but maybe, yeah, he's just that sure. And I, but no, yeah, especially once she finds out that it's got the guy that assaulted her in that shop. Absolutely, yeah. she does. This might be a chance. We had a cold case that couldn't break. This is someone else's cold case that's not breaking. Maybe we do this. Maybe, maybe, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they don't kill him. They just uh, hurt him. Let's talk about the money, money, money. Uh, The budget was between $12 and $15 million. How much does it make? 98. Yeah, I don't think it done much. Although it had Oscar buzz, didn't it? I didn't hear the Oscar buzz. I just literally just went in and went, "Mm, I've seen that. I'll go see that. I'll up to 180. You're changing it to 180? Yeah. Okay, Liam. No, I'm going to stick around the 80, 85 million. Georgia was right to jump it up. Uh, 160.2. I'll take that, yeah. When, generally, when you get your Best Picture nominees, Guess whoops. Yeah. Whoops. Uh, for later. Um, I think because I didn't they hear tend, anything. They tend to re-release them. I didn't hear anything at all. I just literally went. Well, that makes sense. Let's talk about the awards now. Seven Oscar nominations, two wins. <laughs> One of the nominations is for Best Picture. Anybody, anything else? Frances best, McDermott. Frances McDermott? Yeah. Best Actor, Best Supporting. I think she wins, doesn't she? Cinema Photography. Uh, sorry, you've said Best Actor and Best Supporting. It does, it's not nominated for, I'll say it's not nominated for, for, for Best, best Actor. Best Supporting, then. Best Supporting Actor is a nomination, yeah. 
Um, uh, so best picture, not cinematography. No, uh, screenplay. Actually, I don't have the full list. Whoops, I've got five of them. <laughs> uh, I've got best picture, best original screenplay, best supporting actor, uh, best actress. It, it wins two of them. Sam Rockwell's got to win that. It's the two acting ones. Yeah, Frances yeah, McDermott yeah. wins for her turn as to Sam Rockwell for his. He deserves um, it. It also won Best Motion Picture Drama at the Golden Globes, uh, where it would beat, I believe, The Shape of Water, uh, alongside Actress, Supporting Actor, and Screenplay there. At the BAFTAs, it won Best Film. It best won Best Actress. It won Best Supporting Actress. And this is going to surprise you. It won Outstanding British Film. It's Film 4. Yeah. Film 4. Oh, of course, yeah. Written by a Brit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why the film funded by yeah. That's why yeah. the film four bit made me laugh because over here you like when you're scrolling through the channels, you get to film four, and usually film four is showing like a load of shit. <laughs> like it's always like hallmarky s. Film four funded Trainspotting. I know you don't like Trainspotting, but yeah, I know. But like that, yeah. but to see that on and film yeah. four used to do independent movies, so you'd have like a five minute movie you've made yourself. Yeah, and they do like a little. Yeah, with them on, they did like yeah, segments. Yeah. Didn't I they? think yeah. film four yeah. did help fund uh, Slumdog as well. Yeah, I think you're right. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, there we go. Um, Frances McDermott's Oscar for Best Actress uh, was stolen oh. and immediately retrieved after the day after the award and ceremony. So, there we go. Um, who would you cast as who? Liam Sam Rockwell, without, without, a, without a question. Yeah. <laughs> you're saying I'm flawed. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm. No, I'm saying, I'm saying you, you, you could play this, this, this anger yeah, pretty okay. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you'd, you'd be Willoughby. Yeah. Would I? Yeah. yeah. Wise. Probably can't gender swap the uh, the Francis Mc, 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 McDermott role, so there we go. <laughs> um, Ethan would be red. Yeah. Ethan would yeah. totally be red. I don't know what to do with you. Spoilers. Not really many female parts in it. Well, there's one. There's one. There's two. There's two. There's, yeah, there's two. But I mean, Willoughby's I mean, wife is a good part. I mean, it's yeah. small, but it's a good part. Yeah, I, I'm probably Willoughby's wife, to be fair. Or I'm, I'm Penelope. Penelope. I'm not old enough to be. No, you're not old enough to be uh, Francis. Francis McDermott. No. Yep. Um, what do we have there? Does this film have a villain problem? Only in the sense that we don't know who it is. I mean, yeah. the, the vil- anger. The one, anger is the villain. The only one villain that we really sort of align ourselves to is warren yeah isn't it yeah he's the out and out villain isn't he but you don't get that until halfway through oh i guess for a large portion sam rockwell's a villain yeah, yeah. but again whatever you thought of him at the beginning well the movie positions him and then tw- pivots clever i think it's important we know we, we see the relationship with his mother yeah and how weird it is and also how toxic she is yeah yeah yeah, yeah. What should this film have been called? I don't think you'd do anything better than the literal three billboards. I, I, like I said, I, I, didn't, I did not know that this was literally going to be about three billboards yeah. outside having Missouri, but there we go. Love it. I thought it was going to be like, just like, that's like, what it says like in the tin. Mystery Alaska. Like, so that's like about the place, yeah. but like there's other story to uh-huh. it. Now. This is literally about, cool, it's about the what billboards. About, cool. What about Billboard Shrine? Billboard Shrine. I guess three billboards up in every Missouri tells you the whole story. <laughs> it does, it does. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a different one. No, you're fine, you're fine. Um, whose story is it? I mean, it's obvious whose story it is for the most part. It's, Francis. it's, it's, uh, yeah, what was her character's name? Um, oh, like Mildred. Mildred, Mildred yeah. very good. Um, uh, what do I have here? Uh, let's talk about musical inspiration. What song should be on the soundtrack? Ooh. Without a question, Ace of Bass, I Saw the Sign. 
<laughs> it opened up my eyes. I saw the sign. It's a sign of the times. <laughs> oh. oh, dear. Um, I'm not very good at this Oh, game. Melissa Etheridge, come through my window. <laughs> it's come to my window. <laughs> I thought I could use that one instead. Uh, and for the second one, unfortunately, for the second straight week, I can use Ellie Golding Burn. Burn. <laughs> so, just saying. Didn't um, Ash do a song called Burn, Burn, Burn? Dunno. Yeah. Oh, and I think John Lennon, Yoko Ono, all we are saying is give peace a chance. Because <laughs> it's all about, let me just, let me just, let me just stop fighting. What about, you gotta fight for your right. It's a party? <laughs> to blow up shit and <laughs> burn stuff. <laughs> Let um, off steam. Throw so, people through windows. <laughs> roll, Georgia, roll the women. It's very interesting, isn't it? Like, obviously, because it is so much Mildred's story of grief and motherhood and all these things so it's it's very very strong mm-hmm. it's not always positive but again that's not the question it's just she won't take no shit will she she no, has to, she's, she's got full agency in her own life yeah she has yeah and she's a and she's a, fighting the patriarchy she's in many a ways. survivor of abuse she's a survivor of trauma yeah, she's about, yeah. all sort all sorts of things i d- and there's and she chooses to carry on yeah, and she forgives and she carries on, and that's yeah. It's it's a really it's a really interesting character study. Under all that darkness, there's a lot of kindness. Let me throw a second character at you as well, Mrs. Willoughby. Yeah, because as nice as Chief Willoughby is, what an absolutely egocentric thing where he unilaterally made the decision Mm-mm. how this was going to end. Yeah. yeah. And she has to live with the repercussions thereof. Bring up two young and girls. went, and she had to go with the repercussion of those decisions and go, I deserve to be in on that conversation. Mm-hmm. You does. don't get to decide singularly no. the day in which the kids will find out their father's dead. That is a, yeah, it's a really interesting one because obviously, like, if you, if the two young girls get to be told dad is ill and he might, you can prepare young children for these sorts of things if you know that they've got a few more weeks, you can kind of build it up and those sorts of things. But in taking his own life suddenly with no warning, she's then got the There's no, task that no parent wants of telling no. their children you, that, their, tell them that their dad is dead. Yeah. Like that's, yeah, that's... It's, and you're dealing with your own grief as well. Yeah, yeah. No, she's she is very interested. I liked her as well. She is. Yeah. Um, you can tell she's angry when she gives the letter to um, Mildred. Yeah, Until she's but she not. has no idea what the content of that letter is, and actually, I think I don't think she's just... angry at the letter. I think she's angry at him. She's angry at the billboards. Yeah, if she I think did, she's if angry she'd have at stayed the around situation. to like find out the content of the letter, though, I think she would have been in. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, you don't really hear about them bit. either afterwards, do you? Well, no, it's because it's not it's not their story. No, yeah, you don't know if they're still in the town. Well, I mean, it's, I mean it's, it's three characters we follow, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and then that turns into two. Yeah. Um. Best character? That's hard. Georgia? Yeah, that is difficult because my favourite character is Willoughby. Okay. But I think... I'm assuming you mean Chief Willoughby. Chief Willoughby, yeah, yeah. No, I think he's the only one that, despite being completely, like, probably blindsided by his own illness and thinks he's doing the right thing by taking his own life and writing the letters and stuff, he is probably the the 
one that doesn't do anything wrong. Like he is a good he's probably the best moral man in the in the story. So there's there's that. But I but the performance that Francis McDermott does is it's incredible. It's genuinely incredible and looks like it probably comes from not probably experiencing the same thing, but there's some sort of she's drawing on something for some of those scenes. And it's it's very, very good. Yeah. We're implying nothing about Joel Cohen in this. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I mean just in general, like she's she looks like she's pulling on something and it's 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 really lovely to watch. Yeah, we'll have to have I'll 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 stop I'll stop screening her calls and just say, Yeah, come on the pod. Yeah. That's come on, we, come on. We we got some questions for you. Yeah. Um I'm gonna echo uh parts of what George just said because Willoughby is my favourite character. Okay. Um he's got the humour in the darkness. Really the only thing he does that is not right is the fact he takes his own life. He thinks he's doing the right thing, but you, whoever's taking their own life, they never think about the people afterwards and how that affects them. Because um, like, the film even gives you like this glorious, like, what a great guy. Yeah. And you, but then it also gives you the aftermath of that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I cut you off. No, it's fine. Um, so, yeah, my favorite is Willoughby, but you can't take away from Sam Rockwell. Oh, that okay. guy in this movie I despised I hated there was no way I was going to like him even though he doesn't really change as a person at the end he's still an arsehole mm. but there's a bit of redemption in there and there's that goodness of um, wanting to do right well that new police chief kind of gives him his positive ending by going you did real good yeah you did real good Jason yeah. So, yeah, you know, and, and and to see that in a character, and to not go bells and whistles and make him the hero, mm-hmm. that was the right call. Um, I'm gonna go. I mean, I echo everything you guys have said. I'll, I'll say, Francis McDermott's like my favorite character. I'll just yeah. say that she's 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 the most complicated. Um, she's she's damaged. I mean, favorite doesn't mean the one I would most like to experience in my own real life or anything oh like no, that. no 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 but no it's just a it's just such a multi-layered character that's been created um as is sam rockwell oh, as yeah. is willoughby i mean it's it, it's it's really you close your eyes and just pick one at random and you can do all right i mean i i i'll talk about red red red's a great character yeah. you know what i mean no so, one's really there's such a strong cast in this film there's even some complexity with charlie yeah you know what i mean because at first he's just your your uh, archetypal abusive husband yeah but then there's something else there yeah it's and he's got his own pain yeah yeah so he's the father after all and of course it doesn't excuse a single thing he does nope nope but, but he's not just but he's not he's not one-dimensionally that just like jason isn't one-dimensionally what he is no true but that don't excuse her throwing the petrol bombs at the oh, heck station no, heck you no. know and uh, well, that's the thing it's the idea <laughs> You know, uh, anger begets greater anger. Yeah. Violence begets greater violence. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a powerful message. Um, what is the story here? I think we just sort of explained that, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Um, best moment, best element, Georgia? Um, I mean, the acting. It's got to be. Okay. The, the characters that are presented like throughout are all, like we literally just said. Very well established. They're not, they're not one-dimensional characters. They are things that you don't expect them to be and things that you do expect them to be and it's yeah they're, they're very it is this film is a character study and it's beautiful mm-hmm. they elevate each other see this is really interesting because 
this was up against Shape of Water, which I know you've seen. Yes. And I know you really like. Yes. And so you, you have the advantage, I think, because I haven't seen Shape of Water. I have haven't you? either, no. But it's visual storytelling, Guillermo de del Toro, yeah. versus characters talking to each other. Yeah, which is, which what, is what this is, right? Yeah, which, yeah. Is, which, is, which is my thing, thing right? Yeah. yeah. So it really is. People were, it's one of these two films. It was, it was kind of they were bouncing back and forth on the on the award sort of stuff, but uh, yeah, I don't know why I just started talking about that. But, uh, <laughs> I, for me, have you, have you finished, Georgia? Yeah, I'm good. For me, my favorite moment, and I will pick this out of the scene because it made me cry, was the scene in the cell being interrogated. Did you do oh. the damage to the the dentist? No, it's his word <sighs> against mine. They're trying to outdo each other. Since he coughed blood. Everything goes out the window. Are you okay? What can I do? I'm sorry. I'm embarrassed. Blah, blah, blah. I just, oh, it just brought me down. And this whole film just keeps knocking you off your feet. You're laughing one minute. You're crying the next. Then you're gasping the next and you're laughing again. How? It's incredible. They juggle your emotions so immensely in this film. And nothing has a clean ending. Nothing. No. Relationships. Um... The, the actual um, guy that's supposed to have raped her daughter, mm-hmm. that's not a clean ending. You no. know, because it's not him. And they tell you categorically it's not, but they still go out to look for him. <sighs> yeah. Then they say, should we turn around? Are we doing it? Well, let's just carry on. Nothing is set. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and for something like that, where you don't get that gratification of, yeah, we got the bad guy. Yeah. You still come away going, oh, my God. Yep. Oh my god! I walked out of the cinema, and I generally had this moment where I sat down on them steps outside the majestic, and I went, "What have I just seen?" <laughs> oh my god! What was that movie you and I went and saw? The favorite? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was different. That was a different kind of what I just seen. That was a what I'm like, the fuck I'm like, have I just watched? I'm like, I think it's good, <laughs> yeah. but I gotta unpack this for a moment. Yeah, yeah. That was like lunacy. That, was, lunacy. that was weird. <laughs> that was kind of crazy. Local um, girl as well. Sorry? Local girl as well, wasn't it? Coleman. Olivia Coleman, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to... I mean, I'm going to echo basically what you said, but I'm going to go, it's the script. Martin McDonough writes a stonker of a script. A hell of a stonker. Um, multifaceted characters. Now, he then benefits by having world-class actors do world-class performances <laughs> with it. Yeah. The tonal shifts you should think shouldn't work, and for some people they might not, but for me they absolutely do. Yeah, and me. Um, to the point where, you know, all these things you might overhear it in a bar. He overhears it in a bar, and what does that do? It gives us hope, like it gives her hope, and then it takes it away from all of us at once. And then we go, "Don't you want to see him get his comeuppance?" Though, and as the audience, we're kind of going, "Oh, do I?" And then it doesn't even give me the closure of is it going to happen or not. And I got to kind of wrestle with that and go, what do I really want? And what does that say about me? Mm. And that's okay to ask those questions. I love a film that makes me do a little bit of heavy lifting at the end. And there's even that moment when um, Rockwell um, Dixon phones uh, Mildred and he says, that's not him. Yeah. He said, I'm sorry I gave you that false hope. She was glad to have the hope. She was like, but I'm glad to have one day of hope. Yeah. It's more of what I've had in a long time. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. So for me, it's the script. It's a great script. But he's uh, it could just, years, it could it, just as easily be the acting. Yeah, yeah, I mean, all of it. Um, a grumble, a grumble. Um, do you want to go first? I can do, yeah. Um, kind of a lot of said stuff. I'll, I'll stick with one. 
uh, and I'll explain more when I give my rating as well. Um, the setup for this, um, as in the reason the girl is dead, um, I find to be far too traumatic and it ripped me out of the film. Okay. I kind of thought you would... But we we've discovered George is not doing Clockwork Orange whenever we do that. No, <laughs> I'm kind even, of. I don't even want to know why I'm not doing Clockwork Orange. Since I knew what the subject matter was about, even though you don't see it, you don't hear it. There's no flashbacks. There's no nothing. Yeah. Um, I knew as soon as you'd hear what that was about. You Specific would... grumble. The flashback you were talking about. Do you forgive Mum for what she says? And you're saying you don't. No, I forgive Mum. I do not forgive the screenwriters for that for that scene. Oh, okay. That is, wow, that is a step too far. So as you go on, no, it's too, it's yes. that, that's too. How dare you make me feel this at this yeah. point? Okay, yeah, fair enough. See where well, I think that was. One. I think yeah. that was crucial because then mm. you see why she's running so hard and she's driving so hard because she wants to repent for what she said. Yeah, I mean, there's other ways. You, I hope you get heard. I hope you get picked up. She I hope, didn't mean none of that. Yeah, of course That's not. The last of course thing not. She said to her, and she's just trying to make amends in her own psyche. You know, did I bring that on? Because she'd have gone through all them emotions. Certainly. Well, did I bring that on her? Did because I said it? You know, all these things. So I think I'm able to compartmentalize, and that's not me saying that's an advantage or that it's a weakness in Georgia. It's me saying it's just the way that my brain works. Mm-hmm. And when you go, okay, here's the setup. Someone's burned. Okay, great. Okay, not great, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. that's the world that we're entering. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm trying to say, cool. <laughs> that's the world we're entering. I understand. When I say cool, I mean, I understand. This is the stakes of the movie. These are the stakes okay. of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Yeah. Um, and for me, I'm able to kind of ignore that. It's just, it's just the setup. Yeah. And the girl who we get introduced to, she's already dead by the time I meet her in the movie. Yeah, we Do you know what I mean? With her. And I'm not having to live through the event no. that happens. I can go. I can go. But what I mean, I don't live through it is I don't have to watch. There's no scene where we have a flashback to her being raped right. and, and killed. It's just no, 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 no. she leaves and then we're left going, oh, right, this is the thing that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I understand people who would go a different direction with that and go, I mean, I mean, you know, you, you turn on almost anything now and there's warnings for trigger warnings for people um, about, you know, I think we're a lot more sensitive to situations that can cause people to, to sort of react in that way. I don't, I want there to be a full range of stories available to a full range of storytellers. Yeah, not So I want this story to be available to it. I also go, but if, if it's something that you can't handle, I get that. Mm-hmm. So that's that. For, it's not really my grumble. I'll say my grumble. It's a lot more surfacey than George's. Ready for this one? I hate the sun. Yeah. The sun sucks. Yeah. And you know what the problem is? In a movie where everybody's a great actor. He's not. You can totally tell when someone's not. Yep. And the sun is dreadful. Yep. Like so bad. I agree. So that's my issue is I was going, oh, like why couldn't she? I guess you need that communication to happen. But why couldn't she just have been like uh, the only kid? Yeah. Or, or a kid it would have been oh. better, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's like, oh, gee, thanks, mom. I'm like, oh, okay, great. Yeah. Like, the script didn't give him tons of good stuff to work with, but the performance was definitely lacking. So that's mine. I agree. <laughs> uh, there was. Uh, I don't really. Uh, I don't really have a grumble. Yeah, that's fine. Um, apart from the sun. And, <laughs> Mine's very minor. <laughs> uh, I, maybe the fact that. Um, uh, Warren comes. I keep calling him Warren. <laughs> My name's not fucking Warren. Um, I, how he comes into it and why he comes into it and why See, I know I, I know it gives a reason for why we have to follow the story. Yes. 
But maybe that could have done with one scene beforehand. Okay. Of him watching TV, seeing her. Oh, because I like the fact that they only each get one moment where they're ambushed with them, and I see it from their perspective. If you introduce him, you're, I think you can't forgive that. If I get introduced him by himself, then the movie's telling me that he's a guy. Then that's too. They've promised me too much. Then okay, yeah, because I need sense. to sort of go to the like, same false hope as come, the two of them. He just seemed come left field, and it just seems yeah. he's too specific in his. And why would you? He's the most difficult character to reconcile in this film. It just seems weird. Yeah. Um, maybe that's yeah, again. It's just very surfacey. Just why is this anybody's best role ever? Ooh. Warren's best role. <laughs> <laughs> he was okay. I mean, he's just creepy no, guy no, of no, the no, week. No. He was creepy guy. Uh, to me, not, it's not definitely Dinklage's. It's Sam Rockwell's best role ever. Sam Rockwell. Yeah, he blew my mind. Woody Harrelson. I don't know. He's so good though, Woody. Very good in Larry Flint. Mm. I saw that years ago. Did you? Yeah. Thought he was great. Um, He was Golden Globe nominated for that, I believe. Was he? Yeah. He's very good. He's very good in this, though. Jeez. He is. He's on par. <sighs> it's up there. Yeah. Um, I'll, Francis McDermott, I'll go Fargo. She's, in, she's great in everything, though. Yeah. I'm going to go Fargo over this, but a woman at two very different stages of her life. Yeah. Yeah. You weren't here for Fargo, were you, Georgia? No, I haven't seen any of these guys in anything else other than, like, the guy in Iron Man. So. I think you'd be okay with Fargo. Yeah, Fargo's all right. It's like yeah. the one with the wood chipper. Yeah. 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 Fargo's great. Yeah. It's also quite short. <laughs> yeah. People think it's much longer than this. It's not. It's like it's like 98 minutes or something. What I love about Fargo, though, if I remember correctly, there was a lot of silent moments. Yeah, because I think winter by itself is, yeah. is, 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 is a quiet season, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I have a question for you before we move on. Jason Dixon. Yeah. Suppressed gay? There was a bit where he was getting washed up by his... I thought they were going to make out or something like that for a minute. I think he is absolutely a... He did tell... Actually, you know what? He did tell his mom. Internally homophobic. Maybe a little bit in love with Willoughby? Yeah, internally yeah. homophobic, but like is breaking him down in a southern state. Because his I mom's like, exactly you've, got a, you've got a a woman, a, you know, a fancy girl, and he's like, I'm not a fancy girl. Yeah. She's like, I and know. He, he shoots that down, doesn't he? You I know what? I'll give you that. Yeah, I, I, it's, I it's weird. It's that. never a question that I ask. No, but lots me. of people seem to come at me. Hermes always seems to kind of know that. So Hermes, let me know. Did you read that that way? <laughs> I, that's absolutely how I read him. Oh, no, man. I can totally give you that. Because there's also the line as well where Willoughby says, if I got rid of all of the racist cops, I'd be left with three and they would be homophobic. Now, what is what are we introduced to Jason as? Entirely racist, but not homophobic. No, it's not true. He's homophobic with red at the, at the pool hall. Okay, yeah, he is yeah. as well, but like it kind of gives you like that. But he's in it. He's in it's, his. He's face. right in his face. Oh, yeah, he's, yeah, it's so about to kiss him. I'm, like, t- like I'm, t- I'm totally buying yeah, this, yeah, this, yeah, this, this, yeah. this. Yeah, this repressed homosexual it. perspective. Now I am. It, yeah, no, no, I am. <laughs> and then he takes that and he's violent. He's physically fist violent. Yeah. With, because how yeah. do you how do you cope with feeling perhaps like you're not as masculine as you could possibly could be? You over you, you over yeah. yeah. No, you're, I'll it. give you that. Well, it's a good thing you had a break because I hope you're ready for this because. Oh, what button is it? I never wanna hurt my age. What's my age again? Oh, right. Okay, we can do it. It's only me, isn't it? We don't. We don't have to do it. Cause we've had another, another big ones, haven't we? I'm sorry, I haven't got it. I haven't got it prepped. I thought we were doing it. <laughs> 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 You're fine. Brilliant. You're fine. <laughs> 
it because you said we weren't doing it. No, you're fine. I'm a slave to the format <laughs> sheet. My laptop, my laptop's fixed, everybody. Oh. There we go. Oh, uh, critics, critics. Uh, this is very highly regarded on Rotten Tomatoes. I didn't get a chance to write down how high exactly, but it is very high. It is very high. Uh, George, do you, want, do you want to go ahead and hit us with uh, the good, the bad, and the ebs? Yeah, so no ebs on no this ebs, one. No ebs, that's true. 2017. Yeah. So I've got a couple of good when and a couple of bad. When did he pass then? Mm. Between 13 and 15, I think. Oh, did he? Yeah. Somewhere around then, I oh, think. Oh, okay. Uh, so first up, we have got uh, Manola Dargis from New York Times. She says, everything fits together too neatly in three billboards, even when chaos descends, but the performers add enough rough texture that it doesn't always feel so worked. Okay, was that, was that a good one or is that a... That's a, that's a mediocre kind of thing. Yeah, that was a bit of a... Okay, yeah. that's a mediocre billboard. Adam Three got- critics outside. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got one of the worst ones here. So we've got Alison Wilmore from... Uh, it's BuzzFeed News. So Okay, BuzzFeed. But she says... Credible stuff. Yep. It's quite well written. She says... Uh, but while it's <laughs> <laughs> damn with fake praise it actually it's grammatically correct <laughs> well, no, way to go BuzzFeed all, well, you already shitting on it so it's well written that reputable source BuzzFeed yeah. it's a top critic on Rotten Tomatoes okay there we go there we go we're not on Rotten our, Tomatoes our apologies to top critic from BuzzFeed Alison Wilmore Alison Wilmore yeah, he says sorry. but while there is a rage that's exhilarating to witness it's a rage that's not available to everyone just as not everyone in Ebbing can claim protection of being considered good we still don't live in a world where everyone gets to be angry so it's, it's more a commentary on the fact that do you get uh, yeah, just because you're breathing do you get to blow up police stations but it was more no. turning it around to the society I'm, yeah, I always yeah. like can we just look at the movie yeah, yeah. No, that's why I, that's yeah. why I didn't that's why I've got four today oh yeah four okay yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so four critics outside Bill yeah <laughs> Liz Braun from Toronto Sun says three billboards out- to be fair that's not that much better of a source <laughs> <laughs> says three billboards outside Ebbing Missouri is a character study even though the parts never stop moving it's wildly violent brilliantly funny and deeply moving and so smart hmm and then finally, we've got one that is definitely a little bit more of a uh, reliable source. We've is got, it Roper? No, we've got Kenneth Turin from Los Angeles okay, Times. Okay, Kenneth Turin, I'll I that. couldn't get Roper because his was hidden behind a, a paywall? paywall. No, you're fine. Turin's okay. Uh, so we've got a savage film, even a dangerous one, the blackest take-no-prisoner farce in quite some time. Ooh, a farce. Mm. <sighs> yeah? Yeah. Fair enough. That's your reading of it, yeah. Yeah. So... Thank you very much. I found that it's 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, okay. 8.1 on the IMDb, so it qualifies on both metrics, mm-hmm. which doesn't usually happen. No. So absolutely, there we go. Uh, let's take a look at, uh, while George looks at the Patreon, I'll say, put up the fleece, not nearly the same sort of numbers as you would for Inglorious Bastards, but this this is a film that a lot of people I don't think have seen. Yeah, and they need to. Which is surprising, because re- why isn't this a bigger deal? I don't know. I don't um, but I put it out there. Um, I'm not surprised this wouldn't be on the curriculum for school. Who? I mean, it's heavy. It's funny. It might be too heavy for school. A level. I can teach us yeah, at A level. No, it's no way. GCSE. Oh no, no, no. no. <laughs> um, so, uh, is it a great film? Good film? Okay film or poor film? Uh, pretty, pretty much universal in the sense that 42 percent call it great, but 38 percent call it good. So 80 percent are calling it good or better. Mm-hmm. while 30% say okay and just 7% say poor. So oh. there we go. I'll have the, 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 the Twitter, the Fledgling fandom in a moment. But Georgia, what about our Patreon backers, the friends of the podcast? 
Yes, yeah, so we have got Cheesy. With a fish on our bike. Who says, I remember this film getting a lot of hype when it first came out, but never got around to watching it. Now I'm kicking myself that I didn't do it sooner. What a film. The script is outstanding with the dialogue being delivered perfectly by the whole cast and the sprinkling of comedy throughout. McDormand is fantastic as Mildred, being a ballsy, no-nonsense, quippy, grieving mother on a one-woman mission to get justice for the horrific death of her daughter. She made me want to hate Chief Willoughby, but I soon came round to like him. The letters that he writes before his suicide are delivered beautifully and the one to his wife genuinely made me well up then there's sam rockwell as dixon one of his best performances i feel he has the biggest arc of anyone and boy does he need it i started out hating him and he made my blood boil mm-hmm. the soundtrack was great too with some lesser known songs on there but they really got to me with their lyrics for example the night they drove the old dixie down plays when dixon is in the bar at his lowest point Oof. with the whole world seemingly against him this film is fantastic i hung on to every word and action in every scene a quick shout out to P- peter dinklish for saying i like cheesy things that made me laugh <laughs> i did notice that cheesy well done <laughs> maybe i can rip that and get it on the board <laughs> i think i think cheesy deserves that yeah yeah, yeah. Definitely. there we go i'll try and make sure i do that someone remind me next week please uh it'll be like liam and the postcards or the stickers or whatever it is hey they're all gone no no they're all gone it's all right i haven't heard if they've arrived yet but that just could just be canada post being slow next up and next up we've got nate the great yeah he says if fargo is francis mcdormand's most iconic role then three billboards is certainly her best role me and some friends saw this when it came out not knowing what it was about and i was crying at the end and a few times in the middle Mm. this movie is unbelievably bold in its story and all too realistic characters sam rockwell should have won best supporting actor for this as well it's a gem he did he does okay (laughs) yeah it's a gem that not many people talk about but needs to be talked about more Mm. i'll tell you how well written are these things like yeah, uh, whatever her name like. is from buzzfeed take note because yeah. these are coming, no, another excellent take well done cheesy yeah and then we've got Dwayne smith, smith who says this is a tough one to comment on this film is a masterpiece i've wanted to rewatch it from the moment it ended but haven't been in the right frame of mind to go back to it yet the subject matter is so powerful and inevitably you mentally put yourself through in Mildred's position. Having a daughter myself, this hits hard. It stays with you. You Ooh. process it for days afterwards and then every now and again it pops into your head again. It somehow manages to be darkly comic throughout in a similar way to In Bruges. Frances McDormand is an exceptional actress. You feel her pain and you're totally on her side with everything she does, even setting fire to the police station. But then you realise she's gone too far when Dixon is hurt. Sam Rockwell is two is exceptional in this they mm-hmm. both fully deserve their oscars i struggle to find anything wrong with this film all i can come up with is that it's not something you can re-watch too regularly but that's not a comment on the film itself if you've gotten to this point in the podcast but have not seen the film then what are you doing go and watch it Good then listen yeah. to the podcast again as i said it's a masterpiece uh, r- ready for this for me set only my second watch second mine yeah MT. i saw it once i, I didn't the conversation we have about rewatchability i'm like careful yeah because like you don't want to watch this necessarily every no, it's not whatever. A, it's, it's not a feel-good movie. It's, it's, yeah, it's not that. It's, <laughs> it's Christmas. What should we, it's put on three billboards. <laughs> yeah. But it is one that I think he said you carry it with you. You do. Yeah. I, I did. Yeah. Still uh, do. Anybody else? Uh, finally, yeah, we've got Reverend Bruce. Oh, go ahead. Go on. Who says... Three Billboards is a complicated movie to review because there is moral ambiguity everywhere. But that is the way real life is. Women never quite get their due. Frances McDormand effectively shows the pain of losing a daughter and who is seeking to attain some justice but gets little help from the police. 
She cannot contain her bitterness and she goes a bit too far, but I found I could hardly blame her. You can tell that Woody Harlison is on her side, but there is not much he can do until he ends his life and leaves the note. The only real functional relationship was Woody Harlison and his wife. Quite frankly, I like the moral and morally ambiguous ending because it makes you wonder what would I myself do if I was Francis McDormand? Well said, RB. I'm still going to kill you in fantasy football. This <laughs> um, question for the group. I don't have a, we ask this question a lot. Based on the feedback we've gotten, it's, I think it's worth a question. Does this film skew boy heavy? Yeah, I think is it, it is. Maybe it does? I think so. Yeah. Despite the fact it's got such a female protagonist, yeah, the themes yeah. of anger, which is a big theme in this movie. Yes, we, yes. And Francis McDermott is more like a traditional male protagonist, a traditional female protagonist. And the qualities she shows, which I think are brilliant. I'm the, mm-hmm. it, we should allow female characters to have this range of emotions if the writer chooses to go that direction with it. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I feel this is kind of a, yeah, kind of, I'm wondering, wondering if that is something. It feels as male heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go to our uh, the fledging fandom, starting with... Hey, it's your sister! <laughs> I haven't seen this in years. When I last watched, I was heavily pregnant, and even though super exhausted from a long work week, was utterly captivated by this film. I look forward to re... to... to I think she means rewatching. She says retching it tonight. I don't think she means throwing up. I think she means rewatching. And to hear the BFE's take on it, great pick, Liam. There you go. Thank you. Uh, Scriptical said, this is Francis McDermott in a wheelhouse. Quirky, but also with so much heart. Josh, my next favorite movie, says, it's fantastic. And yes, Francis McDermott is great in this, as she usually is. But don't sleep on Sam Rockwell, as he gives an exceptional performance as well. We weren't sleeping on Sam Rockwell on this one. Uh, Shy says, uh, it's a good film, not a great one. I liked the ending, though. Okay. okay um, yeah. And then Carlo lo, 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 is backing up his seat as he says, I haven't seen it. <laughs> so the, I said, what? And he kind of went, yeah, I need to get around to that. You, so, do. you do. You do. It's really, really uh, something, something powerful. So, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm going to do a late shout out here if I can. Okay. It's literally just come in 30 minutes ago. I I was reached out by uh, someone called uh, Tracy Scott Forson. And Tracy, hey, Tracy got a hold of us and said, I, I pitched the usual, hey, five minutes, but you become a fan. That was almost a month ago. Yeah. I got a response today saying, you're correct. <laughs> I'm a fan. I asked if I could if I could share that. And I've got this. Yes, a Glorious Bastard is my husband's favorite movie. So we listened to that episode this weekend during a two-hour drive and on the way back. I'm checking out the town next. So I check out some of the BFFs of the BFE, Yay. Tracy. Thanks, Thanks Trace. so much for the kind words. Um, so that's excellent. Oh, I have one last review. Ha-ha. This is from a friend of mine from high school called Kara. Ooh. A uh, friend of my sister's. Close a friend of my sister, definitely. Okay. They're lobsters. <laughs> but me, I'm just going to... But um, probably I was the one who just annoyed her from time to time. But she was did you, respond. Was you the armadillo? Uh, I don't know what it was. I was the irritant of some degree, whichever one that would have been. Uh, so Kara says, so I don't have Twitter, but I thought I would share my thoughts. While I enjoy Liam's perspective on each film you review, Liam and I have very different tastes when it comes to movies, and I usually don't care for his picks. Thank you. I wasn't sure how I'd feel about this one, but I'm glad I watched it. The story was quite powerful, heartbreaking, and well told. Francis McDermott and Sam Rockwell performed their best roles I've ever seen them in. 
I love the use of overall darkness of color and music in the movie. It helps portray the loss and anger of this mother perfectly. I don't generally cry at movies, but I did at Woody Harrelson's suicide scene and when Sam Rockwell was reading the goodbye letter. I don't know if this would be a movie I would watch again and again, but I'm glad that I got to watch this story. And I'm glad you took note and you did watch. Thanks, Kara. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, so uh, I get the feeling that she don't like um, car chase movies. <laughs> I get a feeling she's not a fan of uh, martial art movies and Cool Hand Luke, <laughs> Angel Dirty Faces, and things like that. Bonnie and Clyde. Wait, wait till my next pick. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there we go. Thank you, everybody. Uh, if you like this film or episode, you like Fargo. Yeah, Fargo is the easiest one to go with for that. Is there anything else we've done that has an open ending? Well, now I know Fargo has an open ending. No, Fargo doesn't have an open ending. You just... No, Fargo, uh, comma, this is an open ending. Is there anything else that we've done that had that? I don't know. Um, just Francis McDermott, Burn After Reading. Never seen that. Oh, it's great. Is it? It's on my short list. It's not in the chamber, but it's, it's on my short list. Mm-hmm. It's really, really good. Um, yeah, George Clooney, Brad Pitt. It's a film by the Coens. Francis McDermott's oh, in it. Okay, yeah. Uh, John Malkovich is in it. Yeah. It's got oh, it's just yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's yeah, one yeah, of those typical yeah. things. So that's good. Um, now it's just time for our ratings. Our ratings. Oh, I don't know. Should we start with Georgia? Yeah. I mean, mine's absolutely going to be the lowest. Yeah, I think it will be. I think you're right. Yeah. Cool. Um, I thought this film was as many people have said excellently executed the story is well written the script is amazing the cast are phenomenal the cinematography is great once we figured out your tv because it was doing a janky thing at the beginning where it was Ah, like whiplashing (laughs) and stuff yeah but she's not in her very 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 late 30s I'm uh, mid twenties. Just because you're thirty twelve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think it is excellently executed, and I understand why people hold it in such high regard. But I said when we were doing Grumbles, the setup for this, I just couldn't get past it. I the trauma that is experienced, and that it kind of sits you alongside the person experiencing the trauma, and that's for me, it was too much. There were choices that were made where I went, I can't handle this. There were choices that were made that made me go, this is too much. Um, I did not enjoy the emotional backlash that came from the content that was being investigated and discussed and those sorts of things. I just could not see past it. It wasn't a train spotting thing. Like I've learned from that, that it's not it's not a zero by any stretch of the imagination. Like I said, it is very, very, very good. It just, it got me and I couldn't, I can't give a film a 10 if I was crying at the end because I couldn't comprehend what I'd just watched. So with that in mind, like I said, it is brilliant. The performances are incredible, but I'm, I couldn't morally get on side with liking this film. So I mean, I'm not going to pan it by any means. So I'll, I'll give it a seven. Okay. Seven. Um, oh, I had something here. I, I remember you said at one point, I don't know if it was on mic or off, but you struggled with Francis McDermott as a protagonist to get yeah. on side with. Yeah. Because. Because but I, I struggle with the idea of the protagonist because I think a lot of the time, and it might skew into the boy heavy type thing and the fact that she's more like a male protagonist is that when people go through trauma in life, from 
personal experience my version of coping with trauma has never been anger or this violent need for justice so i couldn't get on board with her because i didn't see that as the right thing to do and now don't get me wrong it's it's one experience versus one other experience but Mm -hmm when you're watching a film when you're watching cinema if you so violently kind of not not intended violently clash with the ideals of the person you're supposed to be aligned with mm-hmm. it's very difficult then to stay on board with the film yep. because i'm not relating to anyone the person i related to most probably was willoughby's wife and willoughby i loved his stuff i thought that was excellent mm-hmm. i wish they had explored her a little bit more afterwards with the fallout of him being committing suicide because i think that's a massive story element as well but like we said it isn't the story that was being told so yeah no i i struggled massively to get on board with her as a protagonist because i didn't relate to and not that you have to relate to everything but i think because i had such an opposing viewpoint of what to do in that situation if that makes sense but i just i just struggled with it i did i really struggled with the film and like i said it is it's beautiful it is beautiful film is for some people, I can fully understand why it is a masterpiece and why it is a 10. It just isn't for me. Yep. Liam! Was it Dwayne Smith that said there was a masterpiece? I think it, I think, I, yeah, I think so. I think it genuinely is. For someone like myself, who, know, who knew no buzz, know nothing about this film, just went to watch it just because, came out feeling anything and everything stuck with me for days and days and days and the last five years it comes back into my head when i see it on a dvd stand or flicking through channels or something and you see that image of three billboards um dvd um and i go back to that i go back to thinking i go back to going oh my god i need to rewatch this film it's Mm. been five years um i generally didn't think i was going to bring this to the table this week <laughs> but do you know what i went yes this is probably one of the times i need to to pull that trigger on it mm-hmm. and it's not going to be no surprise to anybody that this is going to be an all-out 10 for me only because yeah he's already written it down <laughs> <laughs> only because i have not stopped talking about this film to ian for so long and that's why he said are you leaving the podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um i'm not uh there's so many disappointed people out there. Hang on. Just got to reappropriate it for a moment. <laughs> when you think of the topic of what it's based on, mm-hmm. when you think of um, the racistness of it, the um, homophobic side of things, and the the jarringness of people's characters who you kind of like but don't agree with what they do like setting fire to a police station, uh, like throwing somebody out of a window, <laughs> all these things, you think in your own mind, you go, no, I'd hate that person. No, I don't like that. Dwayne Smith, I think, again, said, I hated Sam Rockwell's character right off the get-go, which you do. But like this film, it leaves it open and leaves it ambiguous. And that's the same with his character. You go, actually, I don't hate this guy. Maybe I just don't align with him. I don't understand him. I don't get him. But I don't hate him. And there's a lot in these... And if you look at every single character in this film, there's always something about them that you don't quite like. There's always something you do quite like. You know? And... I don't know. This this, this film blows my mind. <laughs> so, if no one's seen this, please, 
please go out and watch it. Whether you hate it or love it, it is something that will stick with you. Um, the acting is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And there's not many films that you can say that that amount of cast is phenomenal. You, you can find films where a certain person's phenomenal in the movie, but the others don't quite match up. These are like playing a tennis game. They go, right, I'm going to do this. Okay, well, I'm going to do this. Okay, well, I'm going to do this and this and this and this. And they raise everybody in the whole thing. And that makes the film so much better. I can totally understand why they got their Oscars. There was no shadow in my mind that anybody deserved them other than them. So it's a 10 for me. Sorry I spoke so long. No, but I'm passionate about this film. Um, it's not a film I'm going to watch, rewatch over and over. As you know, it's twice yeah. in five years. So that'll probably be another five. And then I'll rave about it again after. <laughs> so yeah, that's my, that's my view. I've talked a lot about pizza. You have. And sort of the marvelness of things in pizza. And I got to go to the cinema and have something that was crafted. Something that wasn't just mass produced, but something that was taken by the hands of like, a, I don't know, a master chef. Uh, with with the utmost care and consideration of his ingredients as he assembled them. I like it when films force me to sort of deal with it. And I got to answer some questions on my own. And we've got four or five characters in this film. Are they good characters? Yes. Are they bad characters? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and what does that mean? Is um, Willoughby a hero? Is he a martyr? Is he an egomaniac? Yeah. Potentially yes to all three. All three, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think we can do that all the way through. Where characters who felt justified in their actions then see the ramifications of it, either through the fact that they've sobered up or they've changed their ways, or the revelation of they weren't acting on the intel that they thought was correct at the time, mm-hmm. and having to deal with feelings of not just grief and not just anger, but also remorse, pity, mm-hmm. forgiveness appreciation and you whirl this all together it's a it's such a complex story but then it ultimately ends with and what kind of person are you because it kind of asks us to be along for the ride and go who are you yeah yeah and which one do you hope for because the film's gonna give me all the hopes and traditional methods of of filmmaking and take it away and you know what i feel i feel ripped off (laughs) and when i feel ripped off i'm in the car going let's get him and then when they start going, do you really want to be doing this? I think it's because of the audience. I'm also going, if they go ahead and find him and kill him, it's a really underwhelming end to a movie. Mm. Really, really underwhelming. Unless they walk off and go, we're going to do this now. Yeah, we're going to solve crimes. <laughs> 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 Forget Hobbs and Shaw. We got Mildred and Jason. but um it doesn't do that instead it forces me to live in this imperfect world that's been created and it could only happen i think in in the region they've set it in could you have a police officer like jason dixon be so overwhelmingly corrupt and yet so protected by these decisions Mm. in a society that's going to back him up um and then but then, you know, what do you happen when the one good guy, the guy who's supposed to be raising him, training him, what happens when he goes? And again, you have all these feelings and emotions. Then someone's got a 50-foot-high 50, 50 billboard, you know, demeaning the very person who you're mourning so hard. 
if we had it at our disposal, it asks a very real question about what would we do with our anger if left unchecked. Um, so that's even before you put on the acting performances on top of this, uh, which has pretty much the whole cast minus the sun bringing yeah. this to such a high level. Uh, it's a film that when I came out, I got a hold of people and said, this is the best film I've seen in the last three years. I said 10 minimum. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it, uh, I don't know if it's been sur- surpassed even on that note either yet. Same. So thank you very much. My name is Ian and welcome to my 10 talk because it's getting 10. <laughs> it is a 10, 10, 10. So, and do you know something else? This is a film that cannot have a sequel. Oh, heck no. no. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> it was it, three more billboards. <laughs> Four billboards just outside oh, Idaho. Jeez, there's no way. You just could not make this. No, scene. I don't want to see the end. I like how it ended. No, it's it's perfect how it ends. It's, it's good as it is. It's perfect how it ends, and yeah, I, I I like the nuance and the complexity of it. Same. Um, maybe it's because even though it's a really well written female character, the screenwriter is still a man, and maybe I'm able to compartmentalize because of some male thing. I don't know, but uh, yeah, thoroughly, thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it it's a journey it's a journey i carry with me do you know i think we probably um as a general whole population podcast people that watch it and is regarded as a good movie What's not that? just because the act- acting but i think we as people are all genuinely flawed people we all have things about us we we don't like yeah and so when you see and we're all and we've all got something good in us um so seeing characters like that rather than being just all one great person or all one villain, you know, a hero and a villain, you actually have that middle part. We are generally as people that middle person. So maybe we associate with this film more than we realise. Is there moments where we go, yeah, we'd love to do that. Oh, I'd have done that. And then you go, well, actually, no, I wouldn't. Yeah. You know, because that'd be in the car at the end. Let's go go and kill. It's, 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 it's much more. Do you want to? No, it's much know. more enjoyable film because they do sort of let their baser instincts take over. If they, they were do. going, oh, I shouldn't do this. Would be much of a film. But normal every people won't do that. No, of course. This is a bit of an escapist experiment. Do you know what I mean, almost. so a little bit of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So there is that Georgia. We're left to go. Now the voice of the people. I think it's gonna be. I don't think it's anybody because I think they're gonna come somewhere in the middle of us. If I had to guess, I'm gonna go eight point eight on my on my average. I'm gonna go nine point two. Okay. I mean, it's bang in the middle. It comes out at nine. Nine. Yeah. <laughs> so that's going to be a, a, a high rank. Yeah. yeah. Two tens, one from Cheesy, one from Dwayne. Okay. Um, a nine from Nate and then a seven from Reverend Bruce. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's, it's a powerful film. It's a powerful film. And it, it, the funny thing about doing these things is once you do that film, you almost mourn it because you go on. It's now forever in the, in the rearview mirror. It is. Yeah. What numbers this? This is 138. 138. I want to say. I'm going to have to mark that. There we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do number them when you download them. It says one. <laughs> it says one number. <laughs> and you do that. So uh, I've got in my notes here, Q Ian, because George is making her pick. So I don't know if we're, we're going to put the, the camera on for the reaction shot on this one. You might need to film it because I'm using mine as a oh, okay. reading device currently. So I will do this. Uh, let me take a look here. I'm going to... Liam, you coming over to join me? Is that what's happening here? I think so. Okay, so if I go there, I'll get in here. I'll do video, and I'll do this here. 
<laughs> oh, my, my hair is atrocious. <laughs> Your hair? Look at mine. Oh, jeez. Look at this. All right. So here we go. What do we got? Okay. So I'm going with a, another film. It's one I have not seen since it released. Uh, so it released in 2013. So I've not seen it as an adult. Um, but I am looking forward to watching it again. I remember coming out of the cinema and going into the ladies' toilets and basically you could tell who'd watched this film because everyone was crying. I know what it is. Um, so, yeah, we are going to do the... Um, what is the IMD rating that we go by? Eight. Eight. Cool, yeah. it's my wild card then. Um, <laughs> because it's only 7.8. Um, so are we are going to be doing what is now my wild card, directed by Richard Curtis, About Time. Oh, wow. Okay, not what I thought it no. was. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, hmm. I, uh, I, yeah, like I said, I've not seen it as an adult, but I remember absolutely sobbing my heart out. So right. I'm looking forward to going back to it. Is this Rachel McAdams? Yes, it is. Yes. So it's about time next week on the BFE. <laughs> okay, there we go. Yeah. So, yeah, about time. Um, not where I thought you were going with that. Okay. I'll tell you off mic where I thought you were going with that. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. Have either of you seen it? No, never seen it. I have. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 do, I do rather like it. I'll have, I'll have things to say. But yeah. yeah. Is it about time travel? Is it about time? Yes. <laughs> is it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Another one that does what says in the tin. <laughs> What's it all about? It's about time. <laughs> it's about time I watch this. It is about time you watch it. Yeah. So again, on the way out, we want to uh, say, hey, please keep an eye out for our, I mean, our, our headless stuff that's coming yeah. out later this week. That'll be great. And we start at the fantasy football, which is always a fun football. time here on the BFE. Our thanks to our Patreon backers, Reverend Bruce. Julian, Hermes, Dwayne Smith, Katie McRae, Ian Davies, Lena Oberholzer, Chris Peterson, Randall Silva, The Yeetmeister, Nate the Great, Cheesy, Andy Dixon, and Holly Callen. Thank you thank so you much for all. keeping the thank lights you. on. If you want to help have into your <laughs> voice heard, if you are like, I wish I my voice was part of that, I would have given that another 10, or I would have given that a 3. You can. You can do that. Yeah. Patreon.com slash BFE. We kept it simple for you. And so I'll, simple, I can't even remember. There, there we go. <laughs> so, please join us next week. Yeah. When we tackle about time, George's wild card pick for 2020. I mean, it's September. I'm not going to get another pick in. So. You, might, you might not. I don't know. <laughs> might as well use I think, it. I think I've got one left myself. <laughs> oh, maybe I should. My, my wild you, card. You got one left. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Or best film ever, Abney. I've been Liam. And I've been Georgia. And I know we used this one of our things last week, but if you're in Ebbing, Missouri, somebody call 911. <laughs> Shorty, start a fire in the police station. <laughs> Whoa. We'll catch you on the flippity flap. The flippity flip flap.